Welcome to the FedCast hosted by Bill, Bresky, GNR, Liars and Wasted Making Toxic Male, Masculinity and Not PC Jokes Great Again, Buckle Up Fuckers. It's not a matter of, it's a matter of, you just, oh, in the club, I mean, um, as, as, and, uh, you know, you know, so, uh. What do we got here? Limited edition Guns N' Roses Appetite for Destruction box set. Oh, that's cool. Appetite for Destruction? No. You gotta understand, man, when I was five years old on Christmas morning, there was an Appetite for Destruction cassette tape in my Christmas stocking. I think my dad just wanted it and needed an excuse to buy it and threw it in my stocking. Right. <laughs> Pretty much anything any Guns N' Roses fan would like in a box set. I do believe I have seen these out there before, so I'll, I'll offer you 185 bucks or you're just gonna make me go buy a brand new one. Uh, let's make it easy and call it a day. So 185. Perfect. Right on. Made $185, it's not so bad. What I'm probably gonna do is take that money and buy a real turntable. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again. And tonight on the show, we are, uh, we're joined by GNR Liars, the co-host of the most. Uh, filling in the wasted chair, we got our executive producer, Franz, which uh, that's gonna come in handy tonight. And, uh, you know, last week we told you we had a very special guest. And uh, this guest is somebody that, uh, you know, I'm really proud to have on the show. And I'd also, you know, he didn't ask for this, and I just think it's the right thing to do. Uh, over the last six, seven years, my war on hoarders, my war on leakers, just trying to find music and do whatever I can. Uh, you know, there's been some collateral damage. And I've been wrong on a few times about people that I've gone after. And somebody that I've cracked jokes about, and I haven't been horrible, but I, I've been kind of a dick to, is uh, my guest tonight. And I personally would like to apologize to him, which I've done in messages many, many months ago. And we're actually, I consider him a friend, but I'd like to uh, apologize to him to begin the show and uh, welcome him to the show. So first off, sorry for my dickhead moves in the past, publicly. And uh, everybody, welcome to the show, Tim motherfucking Trockley. Hey, everyone. And uh, no worries, <laughs> man. Appreciate it, though. Thank you. Hey, so Tim, we got tons up? of questions. I'm going to let Franz and Lias go. All right. Should cool. we be like Tim F and Trockley? <laughs> <laughs> so what's up, Tim? Not a whole lot. How are you guys? Good. I'm good. Thanks, man. What about you, Lias? I'm good, man. Hey, Tim. It's nice to talk to you finally. We've uh, been preparing the show in the back um off off uh off air for some time now and i'm i'm really happy that it's finally coming together um i got a lot of questions about uh locked and loaded uh and the use your illusion box and just a whole bunch of collectible stuff so i'm really excited to have you on right on man so do you want to start friends uh do you want to do you want to yeah, take sure, the range sure. with this and uh sure, and then okay, i'll follow yeah. up a bit yeah because you know i mean if we talk about this usual illusion box, um, you can say a lot about it. I mean, it, it could be better, but it's still actually amazing, I think, especially for containing that video that was just so fucking awesome. I'm still shocked how good it is. And um, yeah, it's just amazing. And, you know, I can't believe that, that because it got me kind of emotional for one reason. And the reason was like, how could they even kept this video for 30 years away from us? I mean, it's just such a magical footage. I mean, how is that even possible, man? That's what, something I really wonder. And um, 
yeah, we all know that you are kind of involved in the process, uh, Tim. So that's very interesting, of course. And uh, yeah, you probably have a lot of questions that you can't answer or are not able to answer. I understand. Just yeah, just say so. And, well, he, uh, he's intelligent enough that if we have a question, I'm sure he knows how to yeah. walk the line where, uh, without offending, you know, our dear friends. Which, by the way, I don't think many people know this. Even though I call the motherfucker Assad. Fernando's actually a very funny guy and he takes the jokes. Like, you know, instead of being the manager of Guns N' Roses, like we can, if we separate him being the manager of Guns N' Roses to Fernando the person, Fernando the person, I've had many uh, communications with him messages. And I'm going to tell you what, he's a super nice guy. He takes the jokes. I'm fucking horrible with jokes. I mean, he laughs at him. He seems to be a good dad. So if you remove the person from the manager, you know, there's a ways to look at this. So like with Tim, when he talks tonight, you know, obviously he can't be like, well, GNFNR or Guns N' Roses told me not to say this, and this is private shit I can't talk about. But he's smart enough that he can kind of, you know, give you, a, you know, an idea, you know, what's kind of going on. Sure, of course. But, you know, we all know that copyright can be a sensitive thing, especially with GNR. And sure. uh, to come back at Fernando, you're actually pretty right, because I was amazed how friendly he was when he, he was on Discord. We interviewed him and he stayed for so long that people don't have any questions anymore. He basically answered everything, you know, and then. My perspective of because I was kind of negative about them in the past, and my perspective about it really changed. But in the end, he made some promises. He never like, yeah, they never went to fruition. Let me make, let me make so, two points on that. One, yes. that Bassett's lucky I wasn't in the call because I would have I would have hit him with the questions that need to be asked. Number two, the stuff that he promised, sometimes that's beyond his control. Even though he's the manager of Guns N' Roses, he doesn't run Guns N' Roses. No, but, but but it was all about this YouTube stuff, and he said he would retract some channels and do stuff about it, and uh, yeah, you know, but basically yeah. nothing has changed in that. But that's not what this is about. No, so, let, let's let Tim talk. Um, so, Tim, um, I listened to the Brando interview this morning, um, and if I understood correctly, the show that Franz is talking about, the, the Blu-ray DVD, you had not seen it before? I, I never have, and and believe it or not, this is gonna sound fucking stupid, but man, it's just my life right now. I still haven't had time to watch it, which is ridiculous. I I understand, and and I want to, um, but yeah, I've never seen it before, um, and you know, you also have to understand too, which is this is gonna sound really weird as well, man, because um, I know there's a lot of people out there. Franz is probably one of them um, that they they know like. They could probably tell you off the top of their head, or at least they have a, a good database of where to get this information of of what's out there in terms of all the shows that they've ever done, in, in terms of what's out there in terms of video and audio. But I was never really much an expert at that kind of stuff. And I learned a kind of a lot with this whole thing. For example, I mean, with the user illusion tour that they did between, you know, 91 and 93, right? Um I, mean, I know that they had a crew of people filming it because I even have some crew shirts that, that like they were just a film crew. Like it sounds like film your illusion, right? You know, and, and shorts, right? You know, um, so they had people filming these things. But what I what I learned a lot about is that, you know, even though they might have technically, you know, quote unquote, filmed every show, you know, there's different types of cameras and stuff. Right. You know, and so they might not all, all look as good as that show, for example. Right. You know. Now, I know there's a lot of fans out there to say, well, who cares how it looks if you have it, you know, put it out there. And believe me, I understand that. And and what I don't understand, and well, you guys will probably have the same question, is why they don't put it out there. I mean, this, you know, let's face it, this band, at a certain point when a band becomes big enough, like Metallica is another example, 
it becomes a business at a certain point, right? And that's what it is. And it's been that way for a long time. And so, of course, the business is there to make money. I have no problem with them making money. But what I say is, instead of making money off of stupid shit, and we all know plenty of examples of that, right? Why not so make money off this? <laughs> why not make money off of this kind of stuff, right? We know you have it. Put it out there. We want to see it. We want to hear it. Um, and so, at least you can argue that they finally did. Um, and then, you know, I don't. I can't tell you because I, I, I. You know, if you guys remember, I, I put out like a, a question or whatever, you know, for, uh, topics on v different forums, like, you know, telling people, where, you know, that this is coming and give me ideas of what you want on there. I yeah. sent that all to the label. Now, what they did with that, uh, you know, I, I couldn't tell you. I, I wasn't there. I don't know exactly what they have and what they don't have. Um, I know they have. I'm, I'm sure it's not just like one show that was filmed expertly the whole tour. You got to figure there's at least... Let's just be like real conservative and say there's got to be at least five or ten, right? You know, and okay, even if one of those is Tokyo, which we pretty much already have, right? You know, and if one of those is, but still, there's other stuff that we want to see that is out there. Um, I, I don't know the holdup. I, I can't explain that. I don't really understand that. Um, all I can say is we can hope that it comes one day. Um, I, and to me, like, I don't know wh why not, you know, I'm a giant fan, like I'm sure you guys all are, and probably the people who are going to listen to this casting is, you know, we want it all, right? Why not put it all out there right now? I have a couple of theories about that, but, um, you know, sometimes, one, you could argue about saturating the market, and two, you can definitely argue about, okay, if we put it all th out there right now, what we put out next year when we want to make some money or the year after that or whatever. And normally I can understand that if they were releasing stuff every six months or every year, but they're not right. So right. it's another genre. Let mystery. me ask you a question. I heard from a mutual friend of ours that one of the big issues in the whole back of coming to releasing more music right now was that they're putting everything on vinyl when they're doing these releases. And that vinyl is in such short supply that it's preventing them from, uh, doing this like i heard there were supposed to be two more vinyls included on the use your illusion box set but due to the shortage that didn't happen do you know anything about this you know i did um was it this past september or was it july wow i can't even remember when it was but i i did go to la you know for other reasons um actually yeah it was in july i think because you know mark Cantor did like a little 30th anniversary thing right you know yes and uh so i was there and um when I was in LA, uh, I I went to the label and uh, you know I met with the guy finally you know in person and uh, you know we went out to lunch or whatever. So we were talking about this and and yeah, that is true. Apparently, um, I don't know if you guys know this and this is a weird topic to bring up, but it's it's related. Um, somehow, like I don't know fucking how, but somehow carbon dioxide is involved in the making of vinyl records. I, you know, it's really. So long, fucked up story, and like apparently there's a carbon dioxide like shortage in the world, which sounds fucking stupid when you think about all the carbon dioxide in the air, right? You know, but you know it's it's a, Especially in LA. I guess apparently it's an involved process extracting carbon dioxide out of the air. It's not just like oh, just get it out of the air. It's it's more complicated than that, and so and this is another reason for like soda going up in price, and I mean not just inflation, of course, but an additional reason for soda going up in price and, and things of that nature. 
Um, and apparently Carbon X is involved in the making of cars and everything. It's a long story, but but yeah, that is true. Now, I will say this, though. Like, okay, for example, when they were thinking about the Appetite box set, right? You Now, we all knew that 30th anniversary of Appetite is coming up. It's not like it's a fucking secret or anyone forgot about the album or anything. But still, okay, maybe they... they weren't even thinking about box set, and then one day someone just woke up and was like, "Oh, this." And so maybe you could argue that's the reason why there was a delay and it didn't come out on the actual 30th anniversary. As for user illusion, I think I don't think that argument can be made, right? Because once they did the appetite box set, we all knew there was going to be a user illusion box set, so they had plenty of time to prepare for this one, whether there's a vinyl shortage or not. So I I, I don't know why it didn't come out on time. Um, I, I really can't answer that. And and as for, I do think, I, look, I don't, I've I've asked before, and I never really got a straight answer from them, but, you know, how successful the Appetite box was. Like, how many of these locked and loaded boxes did you sell, you know, regardless of the price, right? You know, how many more is there sitting around in the warehouse or whatever, or even the super deluxe version for that matter, right? But I, I do think the price point was a problem, and I do think even you can argue the content was a problem. Like, like for example, not there's a lot of as we were talking about earlier. There's there's young GNR fans out there, and there's older GNR fans out there, but most of them probably like our age. Like you could argue like mid thirties to maybe mid fifties, somewhere around there. And not everyone who you know is going to at a certain age. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it for people out there that do that, but not everyone's going to want to put up these posters in their apartment or their house or or wear these rings on their fingers or or any of this other other you know, stuff that came with the appetite box set, right? So, um, hey, honey, I got an appetite for destruction poster. Can I put it in the living room? <laughs> well, right, you know. So I I think there was a conscious decision to put less stuff in the box this time, not only to, for the price, but you know, and. Uh, so I don't know if that was another part of the driving reason why there's less vinyl in it too. I, I don't know sure because you're right. They have the live tracks from Vegas and uh what's the other show that's on there, Paris or whatever, right? But like why they didn't put it on vinyl and, and, and more importantly, um, but why they didn't put a, you know, a video of it out. What about unwanted illusions, Tim? Like the fact that when we got the appetite for distortion box set, we got kind of the appetite demos, which were amazing. Like that was really the highlight of the whole thing for me. But like when Use Your Illusion comes out, you know, you have unwanted illusions. Why didn't we get a remaster of that? Any idea on that? You know, it was what I've been told, and granted, I'm I'm told this by the label. I I haven't asked a band member this question, right? But, um, that it was a conscious decision for Appetite Box to put demos on that and for this box to put live stuff on that. Now, when I hear that uh, that argument being made to me, the good news is that tells me kind of right away, all right, so are you saying that there's live stuff from the Appetite era that, that you have and that we're going to see or hear one day? And that's kind of nice, right? Because from the Appetite era, who knows what shows were recorded and, was, and weren't recorded, not only in terms of video, but even audio. Audio, I have to argue, even back then, there probably is soundboard for every show. I mean, why wouldn't there be, right? But um, who knows what was saved? And and it's not just a matter of, of saving stuff, right? But you have to save it in the right environment for it to last, right? Because otherwise, these things can break down over time. Um, Definitely. Yeah, you that's know, your friends knows that, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure. Know? But, but right. yeah, to, to come back at the, the first topic about... Um, 
why they didn't bring out stuff earlier. I think uh, that it mainly has to do because the guys were fighting like for 30 years or for 25 years, you know, and the were legal rights and, you know, how you're going to put out something where you have to discuss stuff while you're fighting. You know, I, I've heard that this uh, life era was also a problem to bring out. Do basically uh, yeah, about how are they going to divide the money and stuff. But um, yeah, I'm kind of shocked that you didn't see it because it's such an amazing footage. The band was so tight. And I mean, it must be an honor for them too to see it, you know. And when Absolutely. you're talking about preserving, that's that's the big point also. Because um, you're right, you know, and VHS tapes are like, yeah, 30 years old. You know, you got to preserve them the right way. And uh, yeah, I think personally they didn't add, add demos that could be uh, because uh, they didn't have the quality to meet the standards for this box. I, I think yeah. that's... I'm sorry, were you going to say Swing Liars or? No, no, go. I said, I said, yeah, that, that sounds reasonable. Absolutely. I mean, I think, like, I know for sure, because I've been through this myself. Like, the first time I ever got a, um, the first time I ever bought, I make it sound like I have like 10 of them or something, but I think I have two at, at this point. But the first Guns N' Roses demo tape that I ever bought, I, it was probably off eBay, I'd imagine. But and I, I mean, like the demo tape that has like, you know, Vicki Hamilton's name on it, right? you know, that one, right? Um, the first one that I bought, I remember I was excited about it. And so at the time, the only tape deck that I had in my life believe it or not I actually had a, a car that still had a tape deck in it like it was probably the last modern car that had a tape deck you know <laughs> right um it was like one of the first uh, priuses that were made right you know so i put it in there to play it and and like it was all fucked up and i took it out and like right on the on the tape itself like the magnetic material was falling off yeah. because that's what happens to these things over time if you don't store them correctly now yeah. at the time i lived in san francisco and there was a guy who lives there who like there's only like four or five people in the world that do this and he happens to be one of them but like he one of the things he does for a living he restores these things like you have to like unwind the whole tape and like soak it yeah. in some kind of solution for a long time it's, it's an involved process right you know yeah. um and even then he wasn't able to save it but and thankfully i was able to buy another one at some point in time but you know and of course now it doesn't really matter because they, they put it out on the in the box that they released right but um and by the way Real quick, speaking of weird fucking things, right? You know, um, so when the Appetite box came out, right, they had that USB drive or whatever that had everything on it, but it didn't have the demo cassette on it, right? The demo cassette was just like a hidden thing that was in the in the bigger box, right? Yes. But it wasn't on the so they didn't have a digital version of that. I did ask the guy about that. I was like, why didn't they put that on there? And he just didn't really give a good reason. He just said they didn't want to. I don't know why, but. Uh, you know, yeah, but uh, that but, tape that was the stranded tape, right? Uh, yep, now I, I mean, it's kind of how we connected because uh, I you you uploaded right. it on, on SoundCloud and I kind of ripped it off and put it on my channel. And and at one stage, you asked me to friendly take it down, and uh, only because yeah. they told me to, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I understand, I, I know, but and I don't understand why they would want that taken down because, like, like for example, if there was like an unreleased song from the Chinese democracy sessions, right. Now, whether or not we agree with this and everything, we can get into that later. But but I can understand why they want that taken down because it's a song that's not released and it's not out there, right? Sure. You know, okay. But every song on that demo cassette is out there. So what's the what's the problem with releasing it, right? You know what I mean? I don't understand that, but that's just me. Like I, I think that's kind of you know short sighted on their end to do that. But um, 
But uh, anyway, uh, I can't remember what we were talking about, but... Uh, yeah, how you get the tapes, the, this guy who fixed your yeah. tapes. and the Oh, yeah, so like, you know, right, so that's just one example. So I know what it's like to have a tape that falls apart over time. Now, when I did talk to the guy in L.A., now, granted, was he telling me the truth? The guy has, from all, from what all I know, I don't have any proof that the guy's lied to me yet, this guy from the label, so I have to believe what he tells me. He told me that they didn't lose anything in that universal fire. So that's the good news from, from a oh, GNR wow. fan. Point Whoa. Whoa. Right. Wow. Is that the first time that you've ever said that, Tim? Uh, maybe. You know what I mean? Um, Boys, I, don't think I, I think we have really... fucking news here. <clears throat> yeah, I think I might have posted it on one of the forums one time. But, but right. Now, granted, now, does that mean they really didn't? Because, you, again... Not that I'm doubting this guy, but you have to understand he's also representing the label, so they can't just full on. They've had lawsuits with other artists, you know, for supposedly losing yeah. stuff, right? You know, so maybe he's just saying that because he doesn't want another lawsuit with GNR. But, nope. um, but, but that's buddy, what he told I think, me anyway. I think with him saying that, I think there's more probability that that stuff wasn't lost just because of other things I've heard. You know, I know the fact that, you know, the next releases are once again kind of just copy and pasted off the uh, the Locker League session again, the Zootot session, uh, the Village session, as they call it. But at the same time, there's other things that were processed. So, I mean, right. I I'm really kind of happy to hear that. That's uh, reassuring. Lias, what do you think? Well, I mean, that just... It means there's more stuff in the vault, right? So that's it's nothing but good news, right? So um, it would be interesting if anything from that comes to fruition, right? And uh, we get to see it and or hear it. It would be great, right? But uh, let's get back to the to the illusion box set. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so um, your involvement in it, um, how did that come to be? And, uh, um, like the, did the band reach out to you and, and, and get, let's just go over the process a little bit of, of, of how it happened. Well, right. You know, because, um, well, you know, for the, for the, uh, I first got involved with things with the appetite box, right. You know, and that happened because, um, believe it or not. And, and, you know, <laughs> No offense to the label or the band or managers or whatever, but to me, this is kind of fucking stupid. But I think when they started working on this thing, um, they didn't even bother to to do a too deep a dive in their own you know storage or, or vault or whatever to see what they had. And so instead, they just start kind of, you know, I don't think there was a basically like, like a plan. They just started reaching out to see, of all, all different ways to see what was out there. And so... Um, there was this guy, there's this guy in, in LA, his name is Jeff Gold. He runs our site called recordmecca.com. He sells like really high-end music memorabilia of all different artists and bands. And um do you guys remember like Bryn Brydenthal was her name? She was like GNR's like publicist or whatever, yeah. like in the eighties and nineties. Yeah, yeah. And she sold like her collection to this guy. And granted, it was mostly like flyers and and stuff like that, right? But one of the things she had was a demo tape that the band gave her in 1986, but not like the like the Vicky Hamilton demo tape. This was a demo tape that had most of the Sound City's uh, sessions on it, right? You know, um, and uh, and so I bought that from this guy Jeff Gold, right? And uh, so they 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 because the guy, even though he sold it already, he still had it up on his site for a long time. I don't think it's there anymore. And so they reached out to Jeff Gold. 
And he reached out to me saying, hey, they're, they're, they want to get in touch with the person that bought it. Do you mind if they get in touch with you? I was, of course, I was like, of course not. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Right. And so they they called. I We eventually, you know, either I called them or they called me. And so we're on the phone and we're talking about it. And then uh, while we're talking, I, I told the guy, I was like, hey, look, I have all this other stuff, too. And. So I told him about the purple banner and you know everything else, right? And and I, and while we're talking, he he had a computer in front of him, so I directed him to my website, and he's looking at all the stuff I have. And I think the ideas for the box set, you know, changed in in that moment. And um, what was crazy is, <laughs> thankfully, I had off the next two days. I had like two days to like basically box up everything I have from Lies and Appetite and and sit and. <laughs> mail it off the first thing i did was I, I called universal and verified that this guy was a real person that worked there right that's crazy man absolutely <laughs> you send you send them all stop and mail i mean that's an amazing collection you have man that's that's well some sort of risk i wouldn't take easily exactly because it was sent by ups right but uh oh, man. but but still ups even when you're insure it can only go up to social a certain amount there's no there's no amount above that so yeah i, w I was definitely nervous about it but i was yeah. like well fuck it you know and so I, I did it, right? Um, and so after that, um, you know, next comes your, your user illusion box set, right? And so, you know, and during long, I, they didn't ask me for my input, but I just, I sent them that email with, with all the input from the fans, you know, when I asked that question, what people, any idea that people had for stuff to include. Um, because I know that, Obviously, there was a lot of, uh, let's just say, feedback from the Appetite Box, right? You know, not just in terms of the price, but in terms of the content as well. So I felt like, okay, for the Appetite Box, why don't you listen to the fans and see what they want on there, right? You know? Um, and so that was kind of my angle with that. And nice. uh, and then, of course, I, I had a feeling that they were probably going to do another book similar to the one that was in the Appetite Box and that they might want a lot of the memorabilia again. And so, you know, uh, and sure enough, they, they did ask for it. So I sent them everything I had from the user illusion time frame. Now, granted, it didn't matter anyway because, um, excuse me, they didn't include, you know, demos or, or stuff like that. But I did ask the guy, I said, oh, do you want spaghetti incident stuff too? Because user illusion, like the, the tour and everything else, it, it kind of crossed over with spaghetti incident, right? You know, when, when that got released and, um, so I thought just kind of like how the Appetite Box had live stuff in it, that maybe they would include Spaghetti Incident stuff in this too. And I really was hoping that we would get, you know, some of those other tracks that were recorded for Spaghetti Incident, right? You know, but yeah, of yeah. course we, we didn't get that. Um, and they didn't want to include Spaghetti Incident. I don't know why uh, I didn't bother asking them. I was like, okay, fine. That's all right. And so... Um, no, Tim, I'm sorry to interrupt because I just got interested. And, and yeah. what you were saying was... There were other tracks that were recorded for Spaghetti Incident. Now, do you know, are they in the possession of the band still? Are they circulating? Because I haven't come across them, and I, I've been looking quite often. I I haven't heard that they're out there either, but people people seem to know the names of them. Isn't one of them, like, friends you might know, like like Down on, like, I can't remember that. There's, there's two other tracks, at least two other tracks that they recorded, um... Why can't I remember the names of their songs right now? I don't know how people know what they recorded. Maybe they're in interviews the band did. Maybe they said what they recorded. Because um, I, I certainly, you know, don't have anything that has those tracks. But friends, I don't know. Do you know what else they recorded in those sessions? Well, to 
yeah, not exactly, but I, I, for a fact I know, and um, it's not a, a secret, it's kind of public, um, we, all, we all know Kevin, and um, Kevin told me that he kind of offered his copy of Mates Rehearsal, because he has it full, and it's not uncirculating, and he said he offered those songs uh, to GNR through you. So I'm not sure if that's true, and uh, or you can confirm. But anyways, we are, he, he, yeah, lots of people know he has that stuff, and it's yeah, it's pretty rare, you know. And it's I think it even has Adler on drums for Civil War. I'm oh, not nice. sure about that, and uh, but they didn't accept it. That's how he told it, and uh, so yeah, it was clear that he didn't. They didn't want to add any demos. And again, I think that mainly because the quality was a problem because the video they added was so, so super amazing and because it was shot on film, right? And the fact that um, uh, they were also recording that night for uh, the video clip for You Could Be Mine, they had extra cameras also in the crowd. So they could make a fucking great cut of it, which which they did, you know? And f as, as goes for other uh, User Illusion uh, videos, I mean, I imagine, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think those shows they have also, but they only have the screen feed, you know, how it was cut on the, or how it was shown on the side screens. I mean, oh. that they recorded. I, I'm pretty sure they don't have a tape for every camera angle they had. So you you, you can still pr uh, publish it or like look at Saskatoon. I mean, it's an amazing video, but you can't make a cut out of it, you know, and uh, that's a difference too. So um, I would be happy with any uh, VHS tape transferred from that era. I mean, a screen feed would do, but the fact that they had this on film, they could put it out in high quality and yeah, also um, make a perfect cut of it. Because you know, it's so amazing. It's it's like it's recorded like last month. It looks right, that good. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because, um, you know, sometimes I get a feeling that like like not everything is is as good as like we had we we think it might be. Like for example, not to go off topic here, but like when the House of Blues finally came out, right? You know, and it leaked, and we all saw it, right? You know, I don't know how you guys feel. To, when I find out that was recorded in like you know 2001 or whatever, for me it looks like it was recorded in like 1986. Like it's so shitty, like right, you know. And so that makes me wonder then about some of these other shows. How good is it going to be, right? You know. But you're but right, show, But that show you mentioned that was like uh, leaked, but it was destroyed on purpose, you know. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so somebody kept the, uh, the good quality and just decided to leak it in horrible quality. And um, same thing happened with this Puerto Rico show. It was also a pro shot. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah. Because, you know, there's no way GNR would record with a potato, man. I mean, yeah. not possible. So, um, yeah. But the fact that they shot it on film, they, which means that they can put it out on 8K right. resolution, is, is, is the bomb. And I think they there were more pre-shows, and they filmed all those pre-shows with these special cameras or on film. You know, and, and I think the reason for that was because they had this new guy who wanted to make the video for You Could Be Mine. So they um, filmed like he so they gave him an opportunity to create the video clips for uh, Brownstone and Michelle from the oh, Panthers. Right. Yep. You know, yep. and that guy, that guy and that so he could prove that he was fit for it. And so he, he they filmed it. On, yeah, they shot a lot of film and he made those clips and then he got the permission to do the You Could Be Mine clip. I think that's the story about that. Yeah, you know, and so I can't remember although they, the names of those songs for Spaghetti Incident right now, but I'll I'll get that to you when I when I find that later. But you know, um, and you're right. Um, I don't know when those songs were recorded. If they were recorded at Mates or if they were recorded at some sometime after that. But but you're right though. 
we do know there's this other guy out there. You know, we all know it's Kevin. It's not a big secret or anything. But um, what about Robert John? I mean, you guys are going to talk Kevin. You know, Doctor Pimple, who I know you guys like. But listen, we got to give Robert John some credit. He's got some good shit too. Well, well, right. But I thought that. Um, well, that's right because Robert John, I think, still has. Yeah, video footage, but then Axel bought all the photograph stuff from him, right? I think, from what I understand, I believe the photographs right? were bought, but he's got the video footage that he's asking fucking, you know, a house for. That's you know right. What I mean, you can That's buy right. a house, man, or you can get Robert John's fucking video man, footage. I, 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 I know, I, right? I know the details, man. We contacted him several times, and 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 for already for three years, he almost sold it. You know, <laughs> so oh, we have wow. to hurry. We have to hurry to buy it. <laughs> you man. know, because he always almost sold it. So yeah, we need to decide quickly. But then three years later, he still has it. But um, that's, know, he is in a master plan. Know, right? Every yeah. day he puts a penny aside in a cup. He's like, one day I'm going to go to Robert John and get those videos. One day Dunsford's going to do it for us, boys. Don't worry. <laughs> but, but, but you know, the thing is, you know, he sells it for like an insane amount of money. So then we decided to ask him to for certain specific uh, uh, things he has because he has like he filmed like a locomotive in Texas, and, uh, and before that we didn't even know it was played there. Oh, and wow. um, and um, then he asked like a thousand dollars a second. <laughs> it was crazy, man. Yeah, it's crazy. All right. Well, listen. He, what we gotta do is let's let's get my pal Nick on there, my buddy who likes horses. Uh, Nick, we need you to uh, get involved here because you got the money to throw around. So uh, <laughs> see, oh, yeah, there we go, man. Oh, wow, wow, Tim. Wow, I like when Tim's on because Tim knows everybody. And as soon as I said that, he's like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> All right, Lies, you got a question? Sure. I mean, I got lots, man. Um, so you're, I didn't realize that you were also involved in the, in the locked and loaded box that, um, so I have both, I have, uh, the super deluxe, um, locked and loaded. And, uh, I do have the, the vinyl version of, uh, use your illusion as well. And I love them both. Um, the, the trinkets and stuff inside the locked and loaded are, are a little silly, but I will say this. I did go out for Halloween as Slash, and I did put the rings on, so they did yes. come in use. Yeah, <laughs> so they came in use. <laughs> oh, you're the one, oh, you're the one that did that. I, yes, absolutely. Ah, okay. It was you, okay. Fran, <laughs> I mean, Lias. Lias, yeah. I thought you went as Carla from Cheers. Well, it's it, they're the same person, right? They're the same okay, person. Cool, cool. I went as Carla. I went. I actually went as Carla dressing up as Slash. And so all she did was put on a top hat, right? So man, it made my Norm outfit look really weird because I, I thought you were Carla from Cheers, dude. What the fuck? <laughs> so um, I actually liked both releases. Um, I, I got. Uh, you might be interested in this, Tim. When when I got the locked and loaded box, that I waited a bit to get it, and in the, the when the Guns N' Roses store was still up and running, um, the Canadian site had a turntable, a Guns N' Roses as a project Guns N' Roses turntable, that was included with the box uh, with the box set if you bought the Super Deluxe, right? So. Um, I actually got a pretty cool turntable to go with my locked and loaded. Um, do you know anything about that turntable? Have you heard of it? Uh, yeah, I, I, I have one. Um, nice. Of course, he has one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he probably has five. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's funny because, you know, uh, um, I can't remember if what happened exactly. Maybe he reached out to me, but there's a guy who's in charge of Universal Canada and he reached out to me and he knew they were going to have like some of these like um 
these deals or whatever that they did with the with the Canadian releases, right? You know, where like, oh, if you bought it, it came with the the turntable, or you got the, the hockey jersey that came with it, or, or all this other stuff, right? You know. Yeah. And so he wanted me to help promote it, and and I told him like, I'm like, I'm I'm not like a promoter for a living or anything. I said, I said I I could put it on the on the the forums and on the you know the various uh, Facebook groups. I said that's about really all I know how to do, and and I could tell him you know where where to go to buy it. And so um, when I did that, um, they sent me a, a, some stuff in the mail for free from Canada. Not the not the record player, but they sent me. Um, uh, it was some. It was some of the lithographs from the Canadian pop up store, and it was like yeah. some 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 shirts and jackets and stuff. But then I I bought another box so I can get the record player as well, right? You know, um, and I, I figured this way I'll have a regular box, and I also have the promo box. So the one I got from the label. Is number zero 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 right out of oh, ten thousand, cool. which is awesome, a, by the way. Yeah, I love that. Keeping that sealed or not? Uh, no. Uh, you, well, I guess you could argue it is because speaking of things that are really fucking stupid, since we were talking about that earlier, I haven't really listened to much of the even the appetite box. Still, <laughs> I just man, right. I don't have time. You know, talking about like, um, I'm sure we'll, we'll sort of maybe mention this later. But even if we don't, we all know what I'm talking about here. Even like the, the, the locker leaks, you know, stuff, right? You know, um, I haven't listened to much of that. I just haven't had time. Me neither. Me neither. Right? You know, I want to. I mean, I'm interested, but you know, um, and so uh, state of know, grace is a fucking masterpiece. And I, uh, don't I, listen to the 100. Let's, let me say it this way. Uh, there's better versions than 128 available. So, uh, okay. Okay. Uh, State of Grace is a fucking masterpiece. You'll, Tim, I think you <laughs> dig it, buddy. I know you like the older stuff, but State of Grace is just amazing. Sorry, oh, guys. I'm, I'm always going to say this new stuff, too. <laughs> but I, I also didn't listen to it mainly because I'm not interested in it. But um, coming back to this appetite uh, for destruction box, in fact, basically, that box didn't contain anything new. There was like two small songs. I think it was the Plague song or something and, and a working title or something. But right. all the rest was already out there. Obviously, this was better quality, but there was already some good quality out there. And in fact, I had it on my YouTube channel. And uh, when the rumor started about this box, at one stage, uh, I could see that um, Universal went into my channel and deleted exactly everything that was going to be in that box. Because uh, I also had this It's So Easy video clip already on my channel, you know, oh, they, nice. they, and they nice. deleted that too. But And they didn't strike me for it. So, yeah, it would mean they liked the channel, but they didn't want me to have the stuff that would be on the box. Uh, but, if, yeah, there was nothing new actually on that box, you know. So, yeah, if we well, talk you know, about that. In, in my opinion, I think with 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 regards to that, what they should have done is just they could have just reached out to you and said, "Hey, look, we're gonna we're gonna take these videos down just for a little while, and then when we put the box set out, we'll put your videos back up, and then they could they could just monetize the video if they want to make money from it. So what? Go they ahead. Did. They right? did. They did. They did. Oh, they but did. it's not a, but it's not about that they took the videos down because in the end it's their copyright, and I also am not mad that they took. After video down, I mean, I'm not, I don't like it, but it's their right, you know. Uh, but so the whole process, how it went, and who they, yeah, uh, let stuff, uh, uh, who they um, actually, uh, how do you say it? Um, yeah, who did the stuff, you know? Uh, I mean, you could have just announced, hey, man, we don't want to be on YouTube anymore. Right. Uh, instead of that, they hired some clowns, and we don't go into that right now, but but it's not about my channel. But I mean, in, in fact, this box was fucking expensive, but there wasn't 
nothing new in it, you know. Well, Everybody that's was- the thing, right? And and I don't know if there is any. Um, I mean. But they could have added a video red, you know, MTV. We all seen it, but if you put that out in, in awesome quality, it would be something at least as video. Well, you know, know they would have sold way, way more boxes for sure. What, what I want even more than that, I want Ritz eighty seven, right? Yeah, that's that's more amazing. Of course, right? Sure. Because like Without, the, the one we have right now was kind of like yeah. a, a it's, it's great. Don't get me wrong, that like, you know, at least it's out, it exists and it's out there. But ah, it's like, great, we, it's, there's got to be a better quality of that out there, and an, like an uncut one, like that's not fucked up at the beginning of it, right? Um, I you love know, the story also behind it. You know the story how uh, this guy bought some tapes and one set Ritz. Oh, and I sure he do. Only play like <laughs> two years later. He thought, "Hey, let's play it," and then it turned out to be Ritz eighty-seven, from which uh-huh. we didn't even know it was available. Later and on, I, I I bought his physical copy so because I wanted one of it, right? You know, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, I do, do know that story. That's amazing to me. Like yeah, that's just man. such wow. a great find, right? If you that know? happens, if that happens, and you you totally expect the version. 820 of the Ritz you already have a million versions of and then it turns out to be uh, this hey uh, Timmy uh, yeah. so I think I, I was talking to a buddy real quick in a text message yeah, he's a mutual friend uh, he mentioned that you did mention on Brando's podcast uh, I believe what we're talking about for uh, the music uh, one of the songs was called Down on the Street and uh, supposedly oh, okay, yes. after talking about Talking to my dear friend, who I can't name right now, who we just shared a few text messages together. Uh, down on the street is, uh, it's in the ether. Like, it's out there just beyond uh, the grasp of uh, people like us. But let's say, you know, other folks might have it. But down on the street is something that is supposedly is really, you know, pretty decent, too. So well, I just want to bring that up. And that's yeah. a yeah, like yeah, hundred percent. I mean, this person I talked to, he's never lied to me. So, is, is uh, that down a, on the street, is that an original or is that a, another yeah. cover? No, it's a cover. It's a cover. It's a cover from down on the farm. Yeah, it's not down <laughs> on the farm. It's down on the street. You can yeah, know, stop trying to confuse me. You're gonna give me Down syndrome, okay? Listen, yeah. I'm not that smart. We know this. Oh, I uh, Lias, I know you're so excited. I know Franz and Tim have a good relationship, so they can bounce off each other. And yeah. so far, Tim, I gotta, I gotta be honest with you. I am shocked what a great guest you are. I mean, seriously, we're having a blast. At least I am. And uh, oh, thank you so much. Well, you know, Elias, get on yeah, the fucking, get on the, get on your horse and start riding. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I, I, I would assume, uh, Tim, that we're probably fairly close in age. Um, what, like, I, I can tell you what got me into Guns N' Roses. Like, what got you into Guns N' Roses? And um, why did you want to become a collector? And, and, um, you know, what was the first thing that you got or or just the whole, like, why Guns N' Roses? Well, you know, great question. And uh, I remember very specifically what it was. You know, when I, when I was a kid, of course, I had some, um, had, like they're dead or something, still have some cousins that are a little bit older than me. Um, and I remember my family, um, we took a trip to the Poconos, you know, like in in the winter time, with with my with their family, and so you know we're we're all like in in you taking two cars or three cars or whatever it was. So I was in the car with my one cousin, and um, he had appetite for destruction. So this this must have been, I'm guessing February '88 because it it couldn't have been uh, February '87, obviously because it wasn't out yet then. But I'm assuming it was February '88 if I remember correctly. And and so I listened to that, and. Um, from then on, I, I was hooked, right? You know, for for GNR, 
as for collecting, it was probably like in the early nineties, some point, but, um, man, dude, New York city used to have some fucking great record stores for not only for like official releases, you know, but even like, um, you know, silver CDs and stuff. Right. You know, uh, and, Tim, what was and, the place down in Greenwich? I'm trying to remember its name. There was, was there right were Generation again. Records. There were Second Coming Records. Um, those are two that I remember right off the top of my head. Blitzer it's Bob. It's the one that's like it's the one that has it was in the really really shit building. I know it's New York City, so most of them are. But there was one in Greenwich that was just amazing that I went to when I was a kid, and it had all of them. I'm, do you know which one I'm talking about now? That might have been Bleaker Bob's, maybe. You know, I think so. I think it was. It, is it kind of like you know brick building? Yeah, right, right. Yeah, that's the one. I, you know, all right, so Braski and his youth actually went there. So I know what you're talking about amazing. Yes, man. yes. just you know? fucking amazing. Right, and like I remember, and and even where I where I grew up in in Huntington, Long Island, there were some good record stores even back then that that has stuff like this too. There's still some good great stores on Long Island that have good stuff, but um, and so for me that kind of started it. Like you know, oh wow, I, I didn't know like you know this existed and this existed, and so. You know, I kind of started getting into it more then. Um, probably got more into it during college because I went to school in Boston and they they would have some um they don't really do this anymore anywhere, but overseas they do. So friends, you might have been to oh, a few oh. of these, but they used to have these like you know, re- like record fairs or record shows, you know. And so mm-hmm. people come yeah. and they set up tables and they have yeah, all kinds of I'm shit. Sorry right? to interrupt here. But Tim, yeah. you went to school in Boston? I did. Dude, I'm from Boston. I was going to say, I thought I recognized the accent, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm from Boston. I live in North Carolina now. Where'd you go to school, bud? I'll be you, man. Oh, fucking A. So you you hit all the Red Sox games. You've been to Jillian's, I imagine. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Gaskin flag, good times. You ever go to the rack? Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure, man. Right, you know. Oh, man. Damn, Tim, we, we should have been hanging out back in the day. We would have had fun. Did you go to the O2 show then and uh, the Boston show? Um, No, because I, was, I, I got out of uh, school in 1999, but... But you're right. God speaking of that, my first show was Madison Square Garden, 2002. Actually, that no was the shit. first Guns N' Roses show. What's that? That was your first Guns N' Roses show. Was 2002. It was. Don't get me wrong. I I can't give you a good answer of why I never saw them in the Usual Illusion days. I really yeah. wish I did. You know, I don't know. I, I was old enough, right? But I have no idea why I didn't go. I, I it wasn't like a conscious decision, right? You know, but. Um, for some reason, I didn't see him back then. So yeah, December two thousand two, man, was the first. Crazy, I <laughs> uh, I remember um, one of my similar story to you. One of my it was one of my friends. I was in his car and he put in Appetite for Destruction and you know the first couple bars of Welcome to the Jungle and I'm like, what the fuck is this, man? It's great, right? So it changes. It just changes your whole outlook on music. And then a couple months later, I found out that lies was coming out and you know i was i was just a kid at the time and i asked my parents and i I will never forget this um i asked my parents for whatever it was 15 dollars to go buy the cassette so i went down to my local sam the record man uh in montreal that's where i grew up and yes and uh (laughs) and i pick up this this copy of gnr lies and i'm so excited i bring it home and my parents want to see what I what they just gave money to, right? So I hand them the cassette, and of course, it it had just come out, so it's still the original cover with like, uh, you know, ladies <laughs> welcome to the dark ages, and wife beating's been around for ten thousand years, and I just remember my mom and dad they're sitting on the couch and they're looking at this, and they're looking at me, and they're looking at this, and they're like, what the hell is this? 
Yeah. I'm like, it's Guns <laughs> N' like Roses. And so, it had a sticker, parental... Uh, uh, that's for oh, yeah, parental of course, advisory. Of course it yeah. had a sticker on. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and then and then shortly after that, uh, they, they played um, in Toronto. And I, I remember going up with my friend to see them. I, I believe it was, uh, it was 90 or 91 was the first oh, man. time. 91, 91. Yeah. Too nice. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Sebastian Bach, uh, uh, Skid Row opened for them. And, and, Fucking uh, amazing shows. Dude, it was unbelievable. And then from oh, there, wow. just just changed my life. And then then uh, I was at the Montreal Riot show, too. Oh, shit. No way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then from there, I've just seen them a bunch of times. And like I just wanted to... Um, did are you a big shirt guy? Like I remember I got, when I went to, when I went to the Toronto show, I got the stoned in LA shirt. And oh, yes. uh, yeah, it was, it was my favorite shirt. I wore it like every day to school and uh-huh. you know, it had the three, the three dates of the, the, the LA shows on the back. And, you know, um, I wish I still had it. I looked it up on eBay not too long ago and it was worth a fortune, like a yeah, fortune. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Like, it's long gone, right? It is long gone. But like that was, um, I was a big shirt guy. I, I used to, I, I used to like to collect their shirts. I the only shirt I have left is the Civil War shirt with like the skull with the. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, yeah that's the only one I have left. Um, as for memorabilia, I don't really have much. Like I have a watch. I have a, I have that little Guns N' Roses watch that was. Oh leaked. nice! You know it, and of course the two box sets and my my holy grail is finding vinyl copies of lies um I, I have like seven i just keep buying them right if i see them i'll buy them and uh it's funny you mentioned the record shows because um where i'm at now out in alberta they have a record show every year here and i saw a uh, live like a suicide oh I, man yeah guy had a copy of it and he wanted 500 dollars for it oh but it was and it was in poor condition and oh I, wow I was looking at it and I was like, I was like, this is the real deal. He's like, this is the real deal. He goes, I'm not going to the price. Yeah. When, when you're doing it, did you tell Mario, listen, I'm not falling for any of your Chilean ways, you bastard. <laughs> no, no. He's just, okay. some, he's just some dude. And it's just uh, how Mario is. I love Mario, but listen, he, he's going to try to get 500 bucks off shit like that. That's, that's a Mario move. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I guess, I guess what I'm asking here, Tim is, um, like, are you a vinyl collector? Do, do you have much GNR vinyl? Like, like I said, my grail is, is lies. I go after it anytime I can see it and I'd love to get up my hands on a live, like a suicide, but I haven't come across one except for that poor condition one. Uh, so to answer your question, uh, uh, yeah, for GNR, I, I mean, I pretty much collect everything and, and have almost everything, uh, vinyl shirts, you know, speaking of shirts, man, one of those stores that used to that was in the town where I grew up. Um, it was two. It was two levels, right? The first level was all like the, the music, like CDs and tapes and shit, right? And records. The second floor was just all shirts, dude. Nice. Like, oh. And like, so that's where I bought like, um, I think that's where I bought that the Use Your Illusion tie dye one. You know, it was the first time I ever bought yeah. that shirt. Uh, yeah. You know, m- among a lot of other shirts there, but, uh, but yeah. So I have. I have it. I have all that shit. My website hasn't been updated in years, and now the company that I used to use to uh, to host it, they're changing, and so I, I 
the the program that I used to make the website they got rid of, and so now I think I'm gonna have to do the entire website over again. It's gonna be a long time. It's gonna take a long time. But um, what is your website, Tim? What is your website? That's fucking great, man. Oh, that would be that would be awesome if you would like you know make high end pictures of everything and basically make it a a very good website. You know, because that shit needs to be preserved. Yeah, you know, it it deserves to be to be sh- yeah, shown or seen by other people, you know. Well, you because know, I can imagine you have stuff in boxes and you don't can't display everything at home. Um, that's exactly one of the reasons why I have the website is because it's not. Of course, one of the main reasons is so so everyone out there can see it, but it's also so I can see it because you're right. Everything's in boxes or in closets and shit. So uh, you know, I mean, just the shirts and jackets and shit alone takes up so much space man like you know but thankfully i don't have a problem where i live with like you know moths or whatever like eating the clothes or anything so i'm fortunate there right you know um but uh some of the stuff i have should really probably be in a safety deposit box really you know yeah i can imagine you should have an online museum man (laughs) so you could do a virtual reality tour through all your stuff well, you know, that's, that's I just gotta, you know, if I win the lottery, uh, I'll have a we, we could start a GNR museum, you know yeah, what I mean, yeah, right? Yeah, and maybe yeah, if yeah, I win the lottery, maybe we could buy uh, Robert John's footage and maybe Mark's footage too, right? You know? Tim, Tim, I just want you to I want you to be cautious, buddy. So anytime you know you know you having a morning coffee this and that, you look through your window. If you look out your window and you see like an old black pickup truck hauling a trailer, <laughs> like a really shitty trailer. <laughs> Be concerned about your items, dude. Somebody might try to break in your house, and they have a record yes. of breaking in the shit. So just be concerned. Is all I'm saying. But I bet if you started a, if you started a real life museum, you could make a living out of it. I swear it would be well visited. Well, well, Franz gets excited yeah, about this. Franz, ask him yeah. anything you want about the videos and stuff. I mean, Lars is going to get more questions in, but Franz, you well, you are the video god, and you're talking absolutely. to Tim fucking Trockley right now. So absolutely. let's uh, let let you two uh, you know you know cross swords a little bit here. Well, the thing is, I I don't yeah I hardly collect any physical products. Uh, I do have all the finals, also uh, life like a suicide. And uh, if you speak about that, you know, there's so many fakes on the market, and um, it, there used to be the stamp that would always verify it. Uh-huh. Very small to see it, but it's they also copied that. So yeah, you have to be very cautious if you buy it. Yeah, life like a suicide. I think the the only proper way in, for now to be sure is to weigh it. Uh, do you know anything about that, Tim? That, that's what I've been told too. It's something about weighing it. The problem, of course, is like not that everyone buys everything off of eBay. There's there's plenty of other sites to go to, or or even just buy it off of each other, right? Without yeah. going through eBay. But the problem is like you know, let's say you are going to buy it on eBay, for example. Um, you need someone who has a return policy, obviously, because if you buy it and you weigh it and it's the wrong weight, then of course you're going to want to return it, right? You know. Yeah. Um, and you know, and even when you buy something off of eBay, you have to hope that the person you're buying from understands the terms, like, because what Franz is talking about um, is like in the, you know, a, a vinyl record, like in the center of it, like around the label part, there's like there's there's numbers that are they're either machine stamped or etched into the vinyl, right? And they call that the matrix. But imagine someone has something on eBay. You're like, okay, tell me what the matrix says. They're going to not know what the fuck you're talking about, right? You know, And it's also very hard to take a picture of because like, you get a lot of glare from the light and everything. Um, and so, yeah, right. It's, it's hard to know what's fake and real anymore. And believe me, you know, G- and, you know, liars, you were asking about shirts, right? 
I don't even know what's what's real and fake anymore because I I used to be a big um you know a tag guy right like whatever the tag says because a yeah. lot of people go away like a lot of shirts they have like um they'll have Rokas. stuff that's that's uh, printed on them right like you know copyright 1991 but to yeah. me print print doesn't mean a fucking thing you can print no. whatever the fuck you want right but yeah. th- for me it's the tags right but I've recently I've seen shirts that I know for sure are bootleg shirts. And they have real Brockham tags in them. Yeah. So I don't know if someone made a fake Brockham tag or if they took Brockham tags out of real shirts and, and sold no, them. No, they just copied it, man. They just copied it. If I you go so. on eBay. Yeah, I think they just you copied have, it. You have so the little shows. Little right? shows, shirts, they copy it too. You can buy them from every show on, 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 on some Chinese uh, eBay site and they right. offer it. And they just home print it, you know, and they make it look real. But how the, the fact that they went this far for like, because the prices for life like a suicide are in the region of 500, I guess. I yeah. think I paid like, yeah, I think I paid around that too. Uh, this goes also for life era. I mean, that's the rare oh, one yeah. too. I think I've even paid 600 yeah. bucks for it. And, um, but the, the fact they went this far with this life like a suicide, it, it really said something, man, because this stamp is even hardly to see with your own eyes and yet they still managed to copy it. So, right? yeah, they put a lot of work in the fakes because they know it's worth a lot, you know. So, yeah, it's crazy I mean, to see how far they go in that stuff. I, I, it's, I think, like, it just comes down to, like, for me, they're wrong. I, they're, I, I had a phrase this. Um, sometimes you have to take a leap of faith, I think, when you buy stuff out there. Yep. And, and, and that's what I do sometimes. And sometimes you just have to, like, maybe, which I know sucks to live this way, but only buy from people you trust, right? Because, um, <laughs> What There's nothing like do? a good middleman, Tim. I, I, if that's that's kind of the point we're making here, you want you want to kind of have a guy that you know can vet all the stuff, and when he comes to you with the items, that hey, you know these are legitimate, then you feel more comfortable instead of going on eBay and uh, you know some <clears throat> random jerk off just made a fucking hot press T-shirt, let it sit out in the fucking you know cold for a day or two. It's like, hey, look, it's a classic GNR shirt. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's I, much I, verified. But I know what you mean, Tim, because I have the same because uh, I still do a transfer VHS tapes, and sometimes there's some schemey tape on eBay which says that it's Guns N' Roses and there's some label on it, and you probably know it's like a generated copy of something you already have ten times. But you know, you just gotta buy it because imagine if it would be something special, you know, you know that feeling. That if you don't buy it, what the fuck could be on it, you know? Uh, so that's uh, always. Yeah, pr- big problem. Yeah, because you know it's nothing. You never, but you you never know. To, it, it yeah. could be. It could be the Ritz '87 show you're buying. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, yeah, but but there's a lot of those uh, uh, ads on eBay. You know, people uh, having stuff and offering tapes and shit. But yeah, so usually it's it's generated because basically almost everything is out there as master available. So yeah, but you're still looking for better quality and the feeling that. If you don't buy it, yeah, you're never going to know. And imagine if there is a pro shit on it, you know. I have, uh, like I was saying, I I have a whole bunch of copies of Lies, and some of them aren't real, obviously. And, you know, I I put up my real copies to the fake ones, and they're so hard now to tell the difference. Like you were saying, Tim, with the the tags on the shirts and everything, right? Um, It's just, they're so hard to tell. And if you don't know what you're looking for, you're very easily fooled on it, right? Yeah, especially if you pay a lot of money for it. Like 500 bucks is a lot of of money for a vinyl. uh, Yeah, for a vinyl. Yeah, like, and... 
and the quality, like, yeah, and the quality of that that uh, suicide that I was looking at, like, I just couldn't justify the five hundred. Um, I paid close to that for my live era vinyl. Oh, talking about that, Tim, and I don't know if you want to share, but in terms of money, what would be like the item that, yeah, would, would cost you the most, or uh, would, uh, yeah, if you would sell it, would 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 be the most expensive thing? Can you oh, say wow. anything about that? Well. If I sold something, you know, and we're talking like at auction, you know, um, I'm guessing the purple banner would probably fetch the most amount of money, right? Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah um, I guess so. I guess so. Yeah. But in, in terms of the most I've ever paid for something, that would be the banner that hung behind them in 1987 and 1988. Because like, I have that banner, and I, oh. I think I paid like either 12 to 14 grand for that. Oh, but really? I, think it's, I think it's worth a lot more than that. Um, yeah. Definitely, and, yeah. Sure. But and and the problem too yeah. with that banner is, um, you know, I I haven't found I, I need to go to some place where I can I can lay it on the ground and take a picture from above, you know, or maybe I need to buy a fucking drone, I guess, right? You know what yeah, I mean? Because it's too big to take a picture of just like in my house or whatever, right? You know, and uh, um, but that you know those were probably fetch the most amount of money, um. You know, uh, but yeah, you know, and and their purple banner is small enough I could put it in a safety deposit box, but the other banner is too big. Right? Can, I, can I ask you a question here, Tim? Yeah, uh, you've mentioned the purple banner a couple times. Um, can you? What, I don't know what that is. Okay, great question. Um, so, in uh, I think it was November of 1985. Um, I don't know if the if the band just decided they wanted this, or or maybe Mark Cantor just did it for them. Um, but Mark Cantor had this banner made for them. Um, is is why is purple and not any other color? I, I can't answer that. But it's purple, and um, it has the old you know pist- Guns N' Roses pistols and roses uh, logo on it that slashed through, and uh, that hung behind them in 1985 and 1986 at, at various club shows that they did. Um, and when they made the box set, they copied that banner and they put a copy of it in each of the locked and loaded boxes, right? Um, yes. And ah, so, okay. yes, okay, sorry. But you know, it's funny because, like, when you know, when when GNR, when Slash and Duff came back into the band in 2016, right? And they did those two shows in Vegas. So, what I love about the Vegas shows, right, whether they do a residency or whether they just do a couple of shows. Usually fans from all over the world come for the Vegas shows, right? Because there's yeah. plenty of other things to do in Vegas, so it makes sense to to go there because there's there's more value for your money, right? Um, and and so we I was hanging out with some of the other collectors in the world, and and we were like, oh, what happened to some of the early stuff, you know? And sure enough, then I I went after I you know went back to home after Vegas, and I go on eBay, and there's the purple banner. I couldn't fucking believe it, dude. And really? yeah, and it was like. It was set for an auction, and it started at like two hundred dollars or something. Um, but then I, I sent a message to the seller, you know, with a, a little bit of a white lie, and I said, "Hey, I'm I'm, I'm going to be in the area without internet access when this ends." I said, "Would you take four hundred and fifty dollars for it right now?" And they said yes, and so that's how I got it. Wow, that's just nice. the right place at the right time. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so that's the banner that that's the purple banner. And then the other banner I have is, you know, if you look at like the, the Sweet Child of the Mind video, the Paradise City video, or any of their live videos from 1987 and 1988, behind them, 
you'll see a banner with the bullet logo, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, sure, man. Yeah, that's, that's the banner that that's the other banner that I have. Yeah. Right. Very cool. great stuff. Yeah, man. So I I that banner, that banner was sold on eBay because back in like 2012, they they were getting rid of a lot of the stuff from like their warehouses or whatever, right? If you remember, one of the popular stories is like there was like a GNR washing machine and and dryer or something, like, you know, the kind of washing machine they take on the road with them so they can do laundry or whatever. They they were clearing out a whole bunch of shit, but. I, I think I don't think they intentionally meant to sell this, but one of the things they were, they were selling was that banner, right? Now, it, someone bought it for like one thousand, I don't know, fourteen hundred dollars. That wasn't me, but I bought it from the person that bought it, like you know. So that's how I got it. But uh, yeah. But don't you think that that's that basically somebody just took it from Guns N' Roses and and put it on eBay? I mean, why would you want to sell it on purpose if you were somebody I, again? I, from I the don't band? think they. I don't think they did sell it on purpose. I think it was. Yeah, I think they, they. I think they have people that work for them, and they probably just gave them some generic, you know, direction like, okay, clear out, clear all the shit out of here, and, and get rid of it, and sell it on you know whatever. And maybe they didn't realize that was one of the things that was in there, right? I mean, it's kind of like crazy. the purple banner. It's the same thing as the purple banner because the purple banner, um, like the people that bought it from on eBay, they're like a uh, um, kind of like a, a Goodwill Salvation Army type of group, right? But instead of you bringing stuff to them, like you can call them and they'll, they'll come to your house and they'll take whatever you want to give them. And so yeah. I think what happened was Perla called, you know, Slash's wife at the time call them up to come to the house and get stuff. Now, I yeah. don't know if she intentionally did this to fuck with Slash because they were going through a divorce at the time, right? Or yeah. maybe she, maybe it was an accident that, like, oh, hey, grab that box, too, without knowing what was in it, right? Yeah. And so, so, sure enough, the purple banner was in it, and uh, I don't think he intentionally meant to get rid of that, you know? Right. But, hey, man, it happened, you know? Yeah. yeah. But it's I the remember same with- that auction. I remember that auction that, that Perla put up. I remember going yeah. on and looking at a whole bunch of stuff. Christian. Never, yeah. never bought anything, but uh, yeah, I didn't. Yeah. Oh, that was the Julian's auction, right? That was a whole separate thing, right? Went yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you know, and uh, you know, speaking of auctions, yeah, like I mean, because you had that auction, you had the Ever Neverly auction too from from Julian's, right. you know. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I also remember that Kevin he bought the love letters from Axel he sent to uh, he did and I think yeah, he has yeah. the wedding video too, right? Yeah, it's crazy, good shit, man. Still and not my favorite auction, dude. Best auction ever was uh, my friend uh, Robert C. Birds. He had the best auction. Oh, yeah. yeah but that's, that's another thing, man. I mean, <laughs> the, uh, talking about losing stuff or selling stuff. I mean, how can you forget about two lockers, man? There's something fishy about that story. You just don't forget about two lockers full of epic stuff. You know, you just don't forget to pay for it or whatever. Uh, story. Friends, we're going to be going into that during the Peisner uh, yeah, I know, review just, that yeah, we're going to be doing. No, no what I'm saying is we have answers, buddy. Like yeah, I'm fucking not holding back anymore. We're just going to wait for the article to come out. And, uh, I have a dear friend, like tonight was a surprise having chocolate on. I have a surprise guest that night too. So nice. we'll handle that shit then. But, wait, uh, Rasty, can, can I just ask you a real quick question about that? Yeah, but, like, do you know, was Tom and Zutat interviewed for that article? They yeah. attempted to interview Zutat. I know they got Nina to interview. I okay. don't think Zutat talked. I think Zutat. Oh, too bad. Oh, okay. Well, from my knowledge, the people that talked, which I'll try, I'll say right now, were Rick, of course, because, you know, Rick's going to Rick. Right. Um, Mario, he talked. Um, uh-huh. For some reason, Daw talked. I think that was the cover of the Chairman Saga. Uh, <laughs> MSO gave a brief statement and then stopped talking. Uh, Madeline didn't talk. Uh, Jesse didn't talk. Uh, 
Levy didn't talk or Levi didn't talk. I mean, a lot of people just told this guy to get fucked. So I don't know okay, his information. Off. From what I, I hear, I, in all honesty, before, well, let friends give me a second. From what I hear, yeah. uh, this article is not going to be what people think it's going to be. Uh, let's just say that uh, Universal Music, Team Brazil, uh, they might have uh, they might have been able to control the narrative. So this might be more of a positive spin on the music that got released and like how good it sounded, and less of uh, you know. Less of what really happened. Like, I don't think a I lot see. of the dirty details that people think are that's going to be in here are actually going to be in it. If that happens, uh, you know, if they influence this story, I'm going to fucking expose that shit. France, <laughs> you didn't see the YouTube video that I posted with I fucking. I definitely Fado? hope that it's all about the bashing of. No, uh, the, the France, it's they, France. France, yes. let, let me explain to you the real world. And you're very smart and you're way more successful business-wise than I am. So I'm not saying that. And you're also better looking than me. But however. That's a fact. It is. It truly <laughs> is. Um, however, <laughs> when it comes to street smarts, I fucking own you, bitch. So here, here's what I'm going to tell you. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So here's what I'm going to tell you. I've, I've done a little research and I've done a little conversations. And uh, let's use common sense here. You, Universal Music Group is probably the biggest, if not the second biggest music group in the country. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Guns N' Roses right now is still a headlining act. You know, they, they're a little bit down, but they're still a major act with major influences. They move yeah. you know, magazines. So why on God's green earth would uh, Universal Music or Team Brazil not step in if they thought uh, a hit piece was coming from uh, Rolling Stone. So you think maybe they looked over that and maybe they had a little editorial help and that's maybe why Peisner's been hiding from me? Because no, he I was just that hoping that... Testicular that fortitude to interview with uh, the fat cast. But uh, I'm just telling you right now, there's gonna you're going to be very uh, not pleased when it comes out because it's going to be more about how great the upcoming songs are, like perhaps an Atlas and... From what yeah, I hear, you know? art school—they're like, oh, this is the greatest fucking song ever, and these guys are such legends for finding it. What? A, how did this happen? Oh, gee, golly, wow, what a coincidence! Oh, wow. Yeah, but, I mean, but, dude, it's not gonna be what you think it is. Yeah, but I was hoping for a possibility that I don't know the Rolling Stones that, so, yeah, the the magazine, of course, not that well. But sometimes you have these like sort of independent journalism. Uh, you well, know, they want to get to Rolling the bottom. Stone's not independent or, journalism, dude. Look, if you have look at the I relationship. That's what that I say. I don't know. Rolling Stone has with Guns N' Roses throughout the years. It's always been very positive, right? Yeah. So look at the last look at the last three months. The Guns N' Roses stories that they randomly pop up there, just you know, random like here's thing. what Axel's doing, like alternative nation style. But exactly. if we wanted this, you know, expose on what really happened. It would have been like Vice TV looking into this shit. Not yeah, fucking it Rolling have been, Stone. It wouldn't have been Rolling Stone. You're right. <laughs> but but, but right. again, that's what I was hoping. And I, I don't know the Rolling Stone, you know. But yeah, if it's influenced like that, that would be a fucking shame. And, uh, it's basically Seventeen Magazine, okay? This ain't the Rolling Stone from fucking 1960s or the 70s. This is now just a, uh, a glamour magazine that fucking no one reads. So trust me, this is going to be a puff piece on Gene like you wouldn't believe. They're going to swallow those balls, but, okay? But to end the conversation about this whole magazine stuff, I don't even understand why they would spend an article on on, on GNR uh, about supposedly uh, leaks and stuff. Um, Friends, read the this, headline. You know, yeah. The headline what? of it says uh, the find lost masterpieces. The, yeah. The headline what? gives it away what the article is going to be. Yeah, but the, and first of all, the village tapes, they were no masterpieces, man. They were shit pieces. How dare you, sir? <laughs> yeah, come Well, on, you know, but th this whole thing started, I think, because of Rick. Because he was teaching, he was seeking and, and still is, you know, 
15 minutes or, or more of fame, whatever, and that's or infamy, if you want to say that. Like, and that's understandable. That's, that's human nature, right? And so I think him getting kicked out of that, that GNR concert made, when I say made news, I'm not saying like worldwide news, but it was picked up a few places here and there. And I think this guy who wrote this article, he is an independent journalist, but yeah, I do think, you know, Bill's right that it got the the Rolling Stone treatment, right? You know what I mean? Um, so, and, and so I, and I think after talking with Rick, then he found out about the lockers and then turned into this whole other, whole other article kind of, right? You know, I'm pretty sure that's kind of what happened here, but, uh, but I, I agree. I don't think I think Jnr would have killed it if it, if it was anything else, you know, right? Um, Look so. at it this way: David Peisner's fucking credits before this is he wrote the autobiography about Homie the Clown. Right. I mean, when your biography is <laughs> like, what'd you write about? Well, well, my first chapter was uh, Homie Don't Play That. I mean, the <laughs> fuck are we talking about here? I mean, Jesus fucking Christ! It's not like uh, what, what were you covering? Oh, I covered the Iraq War. I covered fucking you know. <laughs> Genocide in Africa. No, I covered Homie the Clown. All right. Holy shit. I, I but, mean, but, but we're just going to be honest about this. That's how it is. And listen, Rick's a friend of mine, which Rick will be like, oh, no, I love Baraski. Yeah, I get along with Rick the person, but I also know Rick's going to Rick. Like yeah. in Rick's mind, he wants to be Tiger King. He wants to be the next Netflix star. Yeah, but, and but, guess what? No one's going to talk him out of it. No one. I've tried many times. Like, Rick, you have a wonderful family, which he does. Rick has a wonderful family. He's got a, a nice wife. He has a good life. He has a good job. I'm like, Rick, this isn't worth the nonsense you go through. And at times he goes, you know, Brasky, you're right. And then as soon as he tells me that, the next day he's like, well, I contacted TMZ. It's like, <laughs> oh, fucking Christ, you know. But, but, that's, but, just, that's just Rick. And that's but how you he know, is. You, you can say a lot about him, but, you know, if you – and I don't care for village tapes, but, yeah, it, you know, all also know that if it wasn't for him – those tapes wouldn't be out on the streets. Maybe uh, in the end, in the uh, end they would. In uh, the end they would. But so yeah. Okay, yeah. Because I don't care for that shit, but you know I gotta give him that. And I made this meme about him, Ricky Leaks. You saw the. <laughs> that was good. Oh, I loved it. It was great. It was great yeah. art. It was very good nice. art. Now, why is I'm sorry that we got off topic here, and I know you got more questions for Tim. And uh, Tim, I'm once again. I know I'm not trying to kiss your ass because that's just not me. But man, you're fucking, you're talkative, you're, you're, you're interactive with us. We sometimes have guests on the show that like, we literally have to drag a conversation out of them. <laughs> but you, you, you're talking. So I appreciate that. Lies, oh, no go. Problem. So I, I understand that uh, Guns N' Roses isn't, isn't the only band that you collect after. Um, I know I heard uh, through the grapevine that you have some Aerosmith stuff as well. And friends of the show will know that um, I'm a huge Aerosmith fan, like big, big Aerosmith fan. So um is your collection anywhere near the size of what you have for guns and roses or or are you still collecting anything with aerosmith um so and, and first of all you know for uh, other bands that i have collected over time were aerosmith and metallica but with those bands it was never like um you know like like unreleased music or, or stuff like that right it was more just like you know official releases like like singles and shirts and you know all the same shit like what i do with gnr basically um but with aerosmith um you know of course i i even though i have a, a home now in my life um so it was even worse when i had an apartment but even with the house um i only have so much room right and aerosmith yeah. you're talking like you're talking from 1971 or whatever till now, right? That's a yeah. lot of shit to fucking collect. Um, uh. And Metallica, I got priced out of that market. You know, with Metallica, what happened? A mistake they kind of made the collectors for Metallica. Um, 
there was this guy, Hector. He had a great Metallica site, and he had all the shit that he had from them. And then him and some other collectors got together, and they came up with a list called the Top 100. And it was the Top 100 Rarest Metallica Items, right? And they published that list. And as soon as they did, you know, people who have this stuff came out of the woodwork and are selling it, which is great, right? But then they were they were jacking up the prices because they knew, like, oh, this is the top 100 rare stuff, according to these people, right? You know, And so the entire Metallica market just became so expensive, and it's too much. Metall- you know, it's just too expensive, right? So I got priced out of that market real quickly. At Durham, I still love those bands. I still have some stuff of theirs. I just haven't had time to sell it. But, um, right. You know, and what I do love about Metallica, you know, and um, is the fact that, in fact, they... Uh, when you look at YouTube and how Guns N' Roses doesn't want to be on YouTube and in fact that Metallica started with Napster, you know, where they started fighting copyright as first band and how they now have changed their moods and they found out that YouTube is the future and they make use of it and how they like after each concert you go, you can buy uh, a live video, a live soundboard uh, Hell yeah. recording. Uh, of all the shows, you know, they have Metallica Mondays where they pull out videos from the vault for the fans, you know. Yeah. And once they pull out the show where where GNR was also on the bill, you know, and just for the fans, I mean, that's crazy, crazy great stuff, man. And well, why can't we have that with GNR? And that's well, it's when Slash f- was touring with uh, Miles for the first time off his uh, his first album there, just called Slash. Uh, at the end of each show, they had. Um, the you you had as you could go buy the show from the soundboard. I do uh, remember that. I do remember yes, that. Yeah. So I have, um, I have the Calgary show from Slash okay. and Miles. Um, I, I bought it. it. It's it's phenomenal, right? It's great, and yeah. it's. I th- from what I understood at the time, they got that idea from Metallica. Metallica was doing that all the time. <clears throat> it's such a great idea, man. Like because yeah, I, I the lineup, the lineup for that the the a copy was basically everybody at the show man you know like because who yeah. doesn't want a copy of the show they just saw no agreed and you know that's one thing i got to say about cuz i know various gnr fans have had their comments about you know beta or fernando over the years right and and that's fine that's their business they they can have their opinions right but what I don't understand, and not just about Beta or Fernando, but any band management, you know, um, there's no need to reinvent because even if you don't have any prior experience managing, that's fine. There's no need to reinvent the wheel, right? Why don't you reach out to to bands that do it right, like Pearl Jam and Metallica, and just ask them, okay, how are you guys doing it, and, and just and and try to you know get them to help you and, and try to. And I'm not saying Pearl Jam and Metallica do everything perfectly. I'm not saying that at all, but. They do things pretty well, though, right? You know, they really and, do. Yeah. Let me ask you this: Do you think? Because this is what I've heard and what I, what I truly believe. I think Fernando and I know friends, friends of Fernando aren't best of buddies, but you know, they, I think they have a mutual respect. They're at least funny jokes. But from what I hear, Fernando wants to do a lot of what Pearl Jam, Metallica, and other bands are doing. And when it comes down to it, it's not Beta who's doing any of this shit. It's Axel. Axel, yeah. at the end of the day, is the one saying no or yes to these releases because everything in Axel's mind has to be epic. Like everything they release has to reach such a standard of excellence in Axel's mind that if it's not to where he wants it, he doesn't even want to fucking bother. And if he's not in the mood, he's not in the mood, which 
I, what I'm trying to say is Fernando has a lot harder job than people realize because on a personal basis, you know, Axel loves Fernando like he's his son, but on a business basis, Axel Rose is still a dickhead. Okay. And Fernando still has to deal with a dickhead. That's fucking crazy. And Axel changes his mind. And that's what I've heard. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't doubt it at all. And, and here's the thing, right? Is that I have a theory and it's, it's just a theory. I have no way to prove it, but, um, as we all know, I'm trying to think of how to phrase this the right way here, but, um, you know, people, we have, people, they've gotten older as we all have. And, um, and for whatever reason, you know, Axel's voice has changed. Axel's look has changed, right? You know, and I think sometimes he doesn't want new stuff of theirs. When I say new stuff, I'm not talking like studio, but I mean like like live, you know, stuff of theirs, whether it's audio or video. He doesn't want to put out there because maybe he doesn't like the way he looks or sounds. And he doesn't want old stuff put out there because he doesn't want to remind people of what he used to sound or look like, you know. But it's like... You got to get over that, man. Like, right? You know, and uh, I don't know because you know, it's not going to change, right? <laughs> you know, I mean, you're not going to go back to what you used to look like. And no. I hope you go back to what you used to sound like, but probably I mean, not. He so, still yeah. watched Appetite for Democracy and said, yeah, that's a good idea to release that. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I really don't know if that's the case, but I agree with you. I think it's one of those things where he doesn't want to go back in time. He doesn't want to yeah. focus on the past. He wants to really. I think he had he carries all that bad karma and juju from that time period in that time period. So every time they go back to it, even though they play those songs every night on concert, but every time he goes back and sees the footage and sees how things used to be, I think he sees the missed opportunities. I think now the man's no sixty years old, he has hindsight to see, wow, at one point we really were something special and look at the opportunities missed and then look at the frustration he went through trying to rebuild guns and roses with a new band and all the fights he had with the label. And he just, it's just, it's a real mind fuck for him. So for him, he seems like the kind of person now I'm assuming that's just like, Hey, I want to live the moment now and I don't want to think about the past and Hey, what happens in the future happens in the future, but let's try to make now the best it can be. That's what I see in Axl Rose these days. Right. But I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't agree on the fact that uh, you said that uh, Axel still calling the shots because you know I think Beta makes the decisions and you know they, they did, didn't retire, they, dude. They did some good things, but they also did some some major fuck ups, man. I mean, and the worst thing of it all, I think, is still that appetite for the destruction box. I mean, they bring it out day one, and um, it costs like one k, right? And right, yeah. uh, like for pretty soon after, they they almost cut price in half, and they didn't compensate. The first buyers, you know, mm -hmm. which are mostly your hardcore fans that buy everything. So, yeah, I think that's a horrible thing. You know, I think they should have definitely compensated those people because 500 bucks is a lot of money, you know, and and there's more examples of what they fucked up, you know, and. Uh, but friends, I think I think what I'm trying to say is what you're thinking is them making these decisions. I don't think they're making. I think when it comes to releases, what happens is, OK, they go the label comes to them or whoever's dealing with it goes to them. They say, hey, we want something. They approve a release, they put it together, they approve it, and then after that, they have nothing to do with it. Like, I don't think Fernando, once the box set, had anything to do with what the price of it was, what the selling point of it was. I don't think they had any control of that. I think that's a third party. That's yeah, but if, you, that. but if you see it happen, if you are this band and you see, you follow the news, you see how this box doesn't sell that good and you see that it's going to be cut in half, then you have to be like, I mean, these are the people that made this band big, you know? Yeah, I get and, that, but you also and, had coronavirus. Yeah, but at the then same they should time. act it from themselves. Then they should like pay it from their own pockets, man. Fuck that shit. 
Come on, that's nice. It's not reality, dude. I mean, that's just how it is. Anyway, it sucks. Yeah, but I, I think that like the band, the, I think, you're right. The label, I guess, can can. I'm still unclear, like on the music. Like, does the label own it? Does the band own it? Is it co-owned by both of them? I'm not clear on that. But you know, so if let's say the label owns it, then fine. I guess you could argue they could do what they want with it, right? But in terms of, um, I mean, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole here. But let's just really quickly let's think about the YouTube takedowns, right? Now, I've I've always wondered, is that the management wanting them down? Is that the band wanting them down? Or is that the label wanting them down, or or a combination of three? Now let's say it's the management, right? But yeah. as if you're a manager of the band, then you should be managing the band's interests. So if, if there's YouTube videos and you think the band's not going to like those YouTube videos on there, you should ask the band first. Hey, do you want that taken down? No, we're fine with it. Or yeah, we do want it taken down. But I kind of wondered, did they ever ask the band, or did they just go ahead and do it? Now, if it's if it's music that's on there, like for example, if I if I uploaded Appetite for Destruction the album onto there, then the label is probably gonna have a problem with that. That I can understand, right? You know, but if it's live stuff like Franz would post on there, then like if there's a, I, I think the management should be representing the interest of the band. You should ask the band if they have a problem with that being on there, and if they don't, then leave it the fuck on there, and and yeah. monetize it if you want to monetize it. That's fine, but like, but, uh, but, and so yeah, but, so like. Yeah, well, because I want to break in, sorry, because, you know, the thing is, they had this account, which was called Uzi Suicide LLC, right, right. and that's oh. the account that was used for eventually removing very negative videos, you know, and it, yeah, it hardly ever happened. It was, I think they gave this license to Lars, some guy named Lars, uh, he's from this energy drink uh, company, and oh. then later on, that account was passed on to um, we, our friend Mojo. And his friend Wonkar, because um, uh, when videos were taken down, you know, there was always signed with uh, the email address of uh, Wanker, and uh, and and it was the official UC suicidal uh, LLC account, you know. Oh. So, so basically, they had account for this, but yeah, they misabused it, and then yeah, shit but I, run out. But wasn't that like? But wasn't that like better? giving that that email to mojo and then him using it like so therefore yeah, yeah, yeah. it, it yeah. is the, then you could argue this to managers then ultimately yeah. we're doing this but it's like I, w- I would always love to get like if i can get the management the band and the label into one room at the same time and sort all this bullshit out at one in one moment right you yeah. know what i mean because and you know speaking of what we we're talking about earlier and by the way you know i hear what you're saying brasky but you know i wish that you know back in the 90s right Slash approves all the merchandise. I, I sure wish he would go back to doing that now because some of the merchandise out there is fucking horrible, right? But no, you no, know, Tim, I got a I got an eleven year old boy at home, but I don't buy the toy trucks, and I don't know what the fuck <laughs> Fernando's thinking with toy trucks and railroads and whatever the fuck else he wants to do. I'm sure we got a GNR Lego set right around the fucking corner here, <laughs> but um, but hey, but then, I, I don't know what he's thinking on that. But one thing that bothers me is this, and I heard it th- pretty much direct, and I know another person I'm friends with heard this direct, and we've confirmed this multiple times. Fernando has told people that the album with fucking Slash, Duff, and Axel, they had a complete album done in 2019. That's what fucking Sla- uh, Fernando said in the uh, late summer, early fall at least three times and he's indicated that and i just don't get how that's not like slipped through the wires where now we're just getting fucking you know copy and paste uh 
songs from the lockers when Fernando himself has said, Hey, listen, yeah, there's new music. And then it's now almost four years have gone. It's three plus years, but almost four that have gone by and we haven't seen shit. I mean, this band just needs to communicate better with its fan base. I understand that, you know, the fan base now is different. They're looking just for the generals, the, you know, the, uh, the mom and pops, the guys that go to the con- the country fair to go to the shows. But <laughs> if it wants to keep, you know, you know, being able to sell or being relevant, these guys are going to stop giving a shit. You know, if you go to Europe three times, guess what? You're going to get less results and less turnout each time you go without releasing something new. And the fact that Fernando says there's something new in the pipeline and now it's gone almost four years without hearing about it kind of fucking sucks. To me, that sounds like it's at that point, it's a it's a label decision, right? I mean, if Fernando is saying the music is done and he's their manager, you know, it, that sounds to me like it's been passed on to the label and the label saying, I'm not going to release this. For but is it like, reason. is it like the music's done? Like, like, for example, the album's done, but now Axel's tinkering with it? Or like, or is the tinkering what, done? What well? we were told directly, uh, Rick was told this and two other of my direct friends. So I'm not just using Rick as a source. This is multi sourced And Fernando, when I've even talked to him, like he's never d- directly answered this question, but let's just say it's very well known. Um, Axel went in, in the, uh, spring and summer of 2019 to finish vocals. So he finished oh. vocals on whenever they were going to produce. So once oh. Axel finished vocals, then, you know, I would imagine it's done. I mean, I don't think slash and Duff are going to take Axel's fucking four years done. to. Yeah. Yeah. Once vocals are done, that's the same time frame yeah, that he Axel's went in and did rock done. the rock and fucking, uh, you know, other things. Right. Yeah, I but- see. But, uh, huh. you know, actual focus are but, done, you know, it's the same. I, I wouldn't want to buy a, uh, not in this lifetime, uh, audience of uh, audio recording after a show. I mean, uh, it's just, I mean, it's amazing. how. But his vocals in studio are fine, dude. Like, listen to Rock yeah. the Rock. I know it's a dumb Looney Tune song, but listen, Axel's vocals on that are fine. He can do everything in studio. Like, people yeah, don't know, realize. The problem is he's 60 years old. He's a little bit heavier, which, hey, whatever. He's lost a lot of weight. I give him credit for that. But he's an old man running on stage trying to do a three-hour show. I'm huh. 38. I couldn't do a 30-minute show. So I give I the guy fucking credit for doing three. So sure, when he's in the studio and he's sitting down, he's all relaxed, he's hydrated, he's fucking done whatever vocal exercises he wants, he's still the fucking Banshee God. That's why I'm pissed. I want Banshee God music. I don't want fucking Mickey Mouse. <laughs> yeah, well, well, that's... Uh... And that might be exactly why the music's not out. Because maybe he knows... Like, I, I've always wondered, like, is it... Can he not sing like that? Or is he choosing not to sing like that? Because if you look at the ACDC videos, right? You're like... Well, hold on a minute here. He can still bring it. He just chooses not to bring it for his own yeah. band. I have this Correct. video. There's this video on YouTube with a guy who analyzes this situation with Axel also, and he perfectly explains what's happening. He, I should link you later to it. It's an okay. interesting oh, video. Franz, can you put that link into our description? Because, I mean, yeah, sure. that seems great. And, like, Franz, please ask Trockley more questions. Uh, Gina Arlarius, please ask more. I'm just, I've been interrupting, and I wasn't going to talk this much the show, but <laughs> I think it's because Trockley's from New York, and, you know, I was born in Jersey, raised in Boston. So, I mean, it's a thing where I, I can talk to a fellow Northeasterner. It's very fucking easy for oh, me. Oh, yes. Right. I'm having a good time talking to him. So, I'm sorry for interrupting you two, but you boys have some questions, and I want you guys to get them in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I was wondering if, if, if Tim could t- t- uh, tell anything about how the process or how he thinks it went down with, you know, because how they came to a reason that they would choose the Ritz and I mean, I'm always wondering how they keep the stuff stored. Is there really a fault or, you know, how does that stuff work? Because um, when Fernando was in the Discord chat, we also, I also asked 
him specific details about the videos. And he literally said they had two hampers full of shit, you know, uh, recorded everything. And uh, basically they needed a lot of equipment to install, to even view the tapes because there were beta cams and all that sort of stuff. I mean, yeah, I really wonder, yeah, what's, what's left of it or yeah, how did they pick Ritz and that do they really enter a vault and what do you think? And that's a good question. And I, I, I'll say this, I, I don't know for sure, but I do know, um, I mean, as an example, right. Um, you know, when they did the appetite box, again, the reason why they, they were looking for that demo tape, the thing that got me involved with the whole thing is because they didn't even know that they had the original sound city reels. Then they finally found them after they got my demo tape from me. And that's what they use for the box. Right. But it's like, so I don't know exactly how, how much effort they put into like tracking things down. And I don't know if it's, if it's all kept in, in some central location, like, 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 you know, Axel's vault, or if it's like, you know, let's say they have like six vaults all over the world. Is there stuff here and stuff here and stuff here? And they have to go look for it and find it. Um, <clears throat> or like, like Braska was kind of hinting at earlier, is it all owned by Robert John? Or did, did they not even own any of it other than this one video, maybe? And then there's the whole, I mean, when I think about it, I, I think we're kind of lucky that they, we even got this Ritz video, right? Because I don't even know in terms of, um, and I think one of you guys was asking this earlier, like in terms of the royalties or whatever from this, like when there's like a live video that's put out from back in the day, like if an example of the Ritz video, do they have to give is he any money? Do they have to give Matt Sorum any money? Do they have to give you know? I don't no, know how that works. I I don't know. You know. That's what that's what makes it so complicated for them to release video earlier on because then they were still fighting. I guess they're so fucking petty, dude. The Matt Sorum thing could be solved very easy. Hey Matt, here's fifty grand, and we'll give you ten grand to appear every time you show up. Okay, dude. Matt's happy but, now. Hey Izzy, I totally agree. And I think they should do the same thing. Like a great example again. Not that I'm saying Metallica does everything right, but. There's an example of a band that decided to bury the hatchet with everyone in their past, right? Why hold on to grievances and stuff? And it was great, right? When they got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, they they paid for all those people from their past to come out there. And that's like $10,000 a head, you have to understand, to come, to go to that thing. And like, and they, they invited all these people that helped them in the past, and they recognized them, and they had a party. And then they buried the hatchet with Dave Mustaine that did the big four tour and all that shit. I wish they would bury the hatchet with... Robert John and Mark Cantor, pay them whatever they want, get the shit that they have, and put it out there, right? Yeah. I mean, I Amen. don't understand why they don't. I don't get that. Hey, but I don't understand do why they don't get fucking, like, listen, Adler, we got a hot dog, a bus ticket, and free beer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's all you got to do, and we get fucking Adler, which, I'm sorry, guys, Adler still plays GNR better on drums than anyone. If anyone wants to fight me on that, I'll fight you. Because the guy, <laughs> you're... You're right, though. You're right, Brasky. He does. Uh, his listen to any of his shows. His band is tight, and he sounds good. And you know, it's it's so it's so weird to say be, because it's the drummer, but it, he it, the songs sound right. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. Just, out of it's everyone that plays Guns N' Roses music in 2022, somehow in the fucking bizarro, crazy world we live in. It's Steven Adler. I don't know how to explain that. I don't know if that's possible. If I said this 20 years ago, I'm sure I would have been committed. They would have been like, Brasky, it's time for another drug test. I'm like, what the fuck? I mean, I understand that sounds crazy, but folks, 
Look him up on YouTube. He's outstanding. But what Tim was saying is 100% right, guys. Listen, Guns N' Roses is making money hand over fist. They've made over fucking $600 million in the last few weeks. They have enough money to go to fucking Robert John and fucking Canter and go, here's some money. Here's some backstage tickets. Yeah, you get to pretend you're friends of the band again. Woohoo! <laughs> I mean, Axel, all thing he has to do is say hello. And they'd be like, oh my God, Axel loves me again. Everything That's would true. be fine. But they don't want to do this. The fact that Izzy Stradlin and fucking uh, Steven Adler are not, you know, showing up for guest gigs or together that we haven't got the Appetite Five yet. I mean, listen, Guns N' Roses, you want to sell it a real fucking stadium? You want to sell it like a Mexico City, a fucking Yankee stadium? Dude. Give us the Appetite Five and tell Axel to sing. Yep. Yep. No, yeah, just uh, Axel to play back. And then uh, I hear you. Know, hey, can, we, can we take a quick break, real quick? I have to use the bathroom, but I, yeah, I got sure. plenty of time. I just have to use the bathroom. Yeah, okay. go have fun. We can, yeah, we right, can sit around here. Go, yeah. go. It's no worries. Uh, I Fran and Elias, I'm going to tell you right now this, this episode is shocking me because I've never personally talked to them, but fuck, he's one of the boys. Yeah, he sure is. You know, it helps out that I think in this community, which most people don't realize, that we're all just fans. We're all just trying to have fun. We're all just, you know, wishing we'd get new music and it'd be good music. And we like to talk about the music we love. And no one wants to be hateful. No one wants to be mean to each other. We want to be hateful, man. Sucks enough. Resky, we want to be hateful. Team Brazil. Do we? Come on. Yeah, man. Fuck ups. Of course. No one busts. <laughs> I fucking named Fernando Assad. Okay, I don't want to hear this ah, shit. I've done more shit. Team Brazil that's jokes so than anyone that's shit. not named Franz. All right, Franz is the only person that's made more jokes than me about Team Brazil. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd rather do it all day. Oh yeah, well, of course we will because it's bullshit. I mean, here's the deal. You know, I said I believe that Axel I mean, makes the final decisions, but they can make so small bullshit. improvements here. Like we were just talking about the Adler thing. There's no fucking reason why Steven Adler is not appearing in the U.S. shows. Listen, I get that you don't There's want to. There's definitely a reason for it. I, I believe he's not fit for it, but they could have made okay. it work. Like with using <laughs> like uh, uh, for, uh, for appetite songs, you can put. Uh, so Axel there. is legitimately on benzodiazepine. It's not even a fucking yeah. question. Look in his fucking eyes. I know. He's drinking all he's the fucking time. So he's empty. on fucking painkiller or on fucking uh, you know benzos. And maybe painkillers. He's fucking drinking champagne and drinking wine all the time. So what the fuck is Adler doing? He's not shooting up heroin. What, you're going to catch him smoking a joint? Big fucking deal. No, he has back problems. And he, uh, yeah, he can make it full show. But they could have just... So, but wait a second. He can play his Adler's appetite and tour the country, but he can't fucking play a few GNR shows? That doesn't make yeah, sense. That's three hours long. His Adler appetite sets like an hour and a half. You got a nice comfy chair back there. I'm sure we can get like a fucking my pillow he can sit on. We'll figure this out. Yeah, but I can I can, I can uh, see the reason why he couldn't do it. Uh, could be that, but um, we need to get Izzy back. Listen, no matter what, Izzy but needs to come back because Izzy is the man. And when it Izzy comes to it, Izzy, Izzy writes all the fucking songs. And the fucking Ritz shows that perfectly. Izzy Have you seen it? Have you seen, it? Have you seen this fucking Ritz, Brasky? Have you seen the Ritz? Yeah, I got it from my dear friend Franz. Okay. Oh, okay. Really? Yeah, well, it's, but what? What do you think? What? Weren't you shockingly amazed by how fucking great it was? Dude, I love the old band. Like, old Guns N' Roses is but this, this fucking the Rolling Stones. I mean, friends, there's a reason why we do the show. There's a reason why we talk Guns N' Roses. That's why. It's because at one point, Guns N' Roses, like, when you listen to them, it was the most dangerous, the most violent. Yeah, there's and nothing the left of it. the band man. you ever heard. And when they sang fucking love songs, you weren't like, man, these guys are homos, like poison. You know? Yeah, You're like, like, oh, yeah, they're still kind of, you know, this guy, this girl's a bitch, but I get like, don't sorry, cry. the song. No, but I'm talking like November Rain. I'm talking like Patience. Like, dude, there's not one guy that can't relate to Patience where it's like, listen, 
everything's kicking my ass right now. Me and the bitch are fighting. You know, fuck. <sighs> what am I going to do? You have a beer. You light a cigarette. You listen to patients. I mean, it's it's a good fucking time for anybody. Every man's been there. Guns N' Roses at one point was the voice of rock and roll. And they went away. And now we're just trying to get a little bit of it back. Now, Lias, I got to ask you a question because you've been so quiet tonight. Is there hockey on in the background? What's going on here? Well, there's always hockey on in the background, Brasky. Every oh, day. we don't have to... Talk. Uh, speaking of which, fucking Ovechkin's going to go get that goddamn record here, and I'm not happy about it. But it looks like the Bruins <laughs> might be getting Jonathan Tao, so woo fucking who. You think he's going to go there? Buddy, don't ruin my dreams. Let me have dreams. Come on. Oh, yeah, I deserve them. I deserve them. I went through how many years of Tuka Rask? Let me heal. True. True. But the, Tuka Rask got you a, a Stanley Cup, though. I no, mean, he didn't. Joe Thomas was our goalie then. The fucking Tim Thomas. Tim was Thomas. In the bunk. Oh, yeah. Tim, Tim Thomas, Thomas was the goalie? Okay. Yeah. Oh, shit. 2011, Tim Thomas was standing on his fucking head. Now he's a crazy guy who's like lives in a bunker. He's like completely alt right wing, like beyond like like he makes MAGA people look like liberals. I mean, he has oh, yeah. gone out of his mind. He lives in a fucking bunker somewhere with like canned food. Oh yeah, I've 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 it's kept fantastic. up with the the escapades. Yo, Tim. No worries, truck. Uh, Tim, we were talking about uh, Tim Thomas, the goalie for the former goalie of the Bruins. So we're, we're just assholes. Lias, what questions you got for Tim? Oh, nonstop here. Um, so we talked about the the Aerosmith stuff. We talked about what you got into. To what, I've asked you this a couple times, and and if uh, if you don't want to give it, that's fine. But what is your your website address? It's a T R O. C C O L I T M dot com. So Tricoli TM dot com. Perfect. We'll put that in the show notes for you. Um, we'll get you because um, I'm going to go on it. I haven't gone on it yet, but I'm definitely going to go on it. You've never uh, been to Chocolate site? No. Are you fucking no. kidding me? Never. It's the Smithsonian of GNR. I mean, no matter what anyone can ever say about the man, he is the fucking historian. You go in there, dude. It's. It's beautiful. You've never looked at a site? No, nope, I will, type though. That, type, no, do that right fucking now. I'm going to switch okay. the friends. You you need to do this. or I'm, I'm gonna, oh, Jesus Christ, I'm going to miser you. Um, <laughs> which, by the way, folks, I have some uh, some shitty news. Uh, I got a message uh, the day after the last time I recorded. It was from Miser. Um, our little buddy got uh, COVID. Uh, he said he was oh. okay at the time, but uh, I haven't heard from him since. So I think he's just feeling like shit. So, uh if you guys, you know, if you if you're talking to him, I know he runs around some boards, and you creepy fuckers know where he is. Uh, just you know, send a message, see how he's doing. Cause... Well, wish you the best, Miser. Right, uh, friends, you got you got some GNR talk we can do yeah. with Tim. Sure, man. <laughs> of course, I want to just quickly uh, take a look back at what we discussed uh, earlier before with uh, Slash, because there you can see he has a whole different management, because. Every time he goes on tour with Miles Kennedy, he puts out multiple uh, shows on DVD. You know, right after the tour finished, they bring out a Blu-ray. You know, they handle that sort of stuff way more better than than GNR. You know, so that's, that's and it's a huge difference. Uh, trust me on that. You know, and uh, yeah, so it, that there you can see how, in my eyes, bad this management is. But um, I wanted to uh, refer back to. Uh, an occasion, and maybe you guys remember that at one point there was this photo on, on and the story on my GNR there that uh, there was about a sort of a um, there was a GNR concert I think in in LA or something, and uh, right next to the airport there was this uh, sort of a pawn shop where at one stage a lot of tapes were stored, 
and people went there for looking uh, because they wanted to buy a banner from Velvet Revolver, and then they saw the stack of tapes. Do you remember that story? I do. Yes. <laughs> uh, what, uh, that, but that's that's a crazy story, man. Do you have do you know anything more about that? Because that was that was really really weird. I Are mean, we talking about the one that had like uh, ninety five recording session tapes that were written on it that this guy found? A big pile of, 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 of yeah. all sorts of tapes, man. And it's uh, like, yeah, 95 pullers. recording sessions with Izzy, 94 sessions, like all yeah. the mysterious, like the true Holy Grail, not the fucking, and you know, guy, I know everyone's like, oh, the, the, the village guy, session was the Holy Grail. No, yeah, this, this guy is runs, the last of Guns N' Roses. Yeah, but this guy was running this pawn, sort of a pawn shop, I think the story was, and he no, had this, this so, tape stash there. No, so what it is is... um. Because uh, again, you have to imagine not just GNR, but apparently Velvet Revolver as well, right? You know, um, you know they need a place to store like all their bullshit, right? Like and not just you know stuff from the past, but even stuff from the present. Like, okay, like when they get back from tour, you know, where they put all the road cases and all this fucking shit, right? You know, yeah. And yeah, so, yeah. so a lot of that is kept like in in various warehouses, and this was one of them. It's just a warehouse where. Um, and not only where they store stuff, but sometimes where they'll do even like rehearsals and stuff for the tour. And uh, and so that's what this was. And the guy, um, so two two fans, you know, met up with this guy because they were buying some old like posters and and lithographs and stuff, right? You know, and I guess this is where these lithographs and posters were stored at the time. Um, and so that's why they went to this warehouse, right? Um, but I know that they they're not storing that stuff there anymore. But um, and once once that photo was posted like on my junior or whatever, they sent someone to that warehouse and they yeah, collected I all know. that shit and they brought it out of there. Yeah, right. But, but I know that's the crazy thing about it because the yeah the moment after that happened, you know, it was picked did, up by did, any, did anything sneak out? Is my question. Like in the process between no, no. you know uh, Team Brazil and uh, the label getting there. And uh, the photo being taken and everything else, and some interaction with fans. Is there any chance any of this, uh, let's just say, entered the ether? Because I know that some money was exchanged here. Yeah, I know that. I know who was there, and they, they didn't buy any of that. They just bought like lithographs and posters. But um, I'm sure, I don't really know even how much time they had to look around. But I, I do know that one of the people that was, here's a kind of a funny story. Uh, one of the guys that was there, he, he showed me a picture. Because, um, like, like I said, they also have road cases there and, and probably even road cases from the past and stuff, too. In fact, this guy was selling some of those road cases on my GNR forum. Um, but um, uh was funny. So that my friend, he showed me a picture of one of the road cases. Uh, either it's, it's either a current one or, for, or maybe from back in the day. But as you can imagine, the road case... Not only does it, you know, have like a main storage area, but then it has like, you know, some drawers and stuff, right, where you can put stuff. And so the drawers have different, like, you know, all kinds of stickers and labels and shit on them. And so, um, and, you know, so like for example, one drawer might be labeled like, you know, like wires or or pedals, you know, for the guitars or whatever, right? But then one drawer was called <laughs> one drawer was called lesbian awareness literature. It was pretty funny, <laughs> right? I'm assuming you're talking about. <laughs> Well, well, so so we now know which drawer was Duff's. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think that was Duff's road case, actually. <laughs> yeah. Nobody Dude, knows so Duff's Duff's got that Gene Levy look down to a fucking T. Every time I see him, I'm like, weren't you on Glee? <laughs> Nobody knows he's a lesbian. Yeah, I know. That's right. Yeah, that's right. The shirt, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's full blown. 
Um, so like that guy. But that story was crazy, man. I mean, those, that was epic material. Like three piles of huge. Yeah, man. Tapes, well, all sorts of stuff. Tooth puller, you could read some stuff. Izzy tapes, demo, blah, blah. You know, it was epic photo, man. This is exactly what I'm talking about, right? right? They have it's a crazy story. The, the stuff that's probably just lying around, and, and that's video and audio, right? But I know, yeah, for example, like there's, they have, in fact, because th- that guy that, that that took those two friends of, that I know around, I know that guy, and I've been to his house, and um, one of the things that he was like, oh, you know, are you interested in buying this? And it was like a box of like the, um, you know, back in the user illusion days, uh, they had like the, the tour programs, right? You know, sometimes when they do a tour, they have a tour program, right? It's like a little... Yeah booklet you could buy at the merchandise stand yeah. and he just had like a brand new box of these things so i know that there's like there's like merchandise from past tours that's just sitting around like yeah, do you want to money? A, put this shit online and sell it yeah. like, hey, i don't Tim, know i know there's a uh, photographer uh down in the uh let's say california and this fucker's got shit that people wouldn't believe he's got and like no one even questions it there's another idiot up in fucking uh, canada they used to do in public relations for a certain soda company and he's got shit people wouldn't believe there's collectors that wow. people don't know of th- not you not you liars yeah okay <laughs> i, I was wondering soda company I heard canada in- yeah no the yeah, other there's one up in canada his name is really really hard to figure out if you if you know he lives in canada by the way um <laughs> but there's also a fucking uh, photographer who you know is a friend of a friend and this guy's got shit you wouldn't believe. I mean, there's so much cool stuff that Slash did that Slash kept recordings of. Like, Slash actually keeps everything. Oh, so, man. I mean, there's some cool GNR shit floating around from, like, you know, the Chicago sessions they did that nothing's been. Everyone thinks that everything's been out there, dude, but there's so much more shit out there. And I just wish that the community would somehow, I don't know, like, it. I think if it's monetary, dude, you got people that would honestly, you know, pay for this. It just needs to be available. And I just. Yeah, but that's, that's the pr- big problem, you know, because I, uh, when we talked about this on Discord with uh, Fernando, we specifically asked him what they had, and then he mentioned those two hampers, you know, and but he also said that they needed to buy special equipment, which basically tells you that they never invested in properly transferring these tapes to digitize uh, or digitize them, you know, or, or transfer them to digital format, you know. So that means that these tapes are still analog, you know, and they are fucking 30 years old, and. Uh, then it comes back to like um, taking care of your tapes, you know, because it, it, I know for a fact that Mark Enter used to every year he used to unwind these tapes with a pen, you know, just basically pull them all from left to right just to keep them uh, good, you know. And if oh, these nice. tapes are just lying around there like shit, you know, and people just can see them and take photographs of it, I mean, that's not how you go around with that stuff, you know. Look at this way, dude. I know for a fact, and this isn't, uh, Tim, this isn't you. So I just got to say the state, but it's not you, buddy. So there is a friend of mine that lives in uh, the great state of Texas. And uh, he might have had a few pro shots from the, you know, 2002 era. And uh, a few years ago, a massive hurricane went in there and flooded out everything. And uh, this guy lost some shit. And that's what happens. Stuff that, like, was, you know... Really hard to come and find, you know, he had some stuff still on his computer, but when everything gets flooded, people don't realize that you can lose a lot of shit just because of natural disasters. And if it's only one person that has this stuff or, you know, doesn't have it up in the cloud somewhere and it's in a hard copy format, yeah. uh, you know, mother nature and just time will get to this stuff. It'll disintegrate. Yeah, but, I mean, Franz has educated me on that more than anyone. Yeah. But if you talk about this vault, they supposedly have with every pro shot, um, 
probably screenshot from the whole user illusion tour. Imagine they have that, you know, and these tapes, where are they lying and how are they taking big care of? But the fact that they never invested in transferring these tapes to a digital format, so they, yeah, they can, because, you know, these tapes will malfunction, you know, after 30 years. And um, the fact that they didn't invest anything in that, yeah, Dude, like they're shocking, so out of touch with this me. band. They it's had to reach out to him. It's just the purest eye porn you can ever see, man. And they just, they let them, yeah, it's just, just ruining the whole, yeah, man, you should digitize that stuff, man. Uh, and basically, Fernando just said we had to have to buy tapes to even view it. So, yeah, that would mean they never in, yeah, invested in, in that shit, you know? It's shocking, man. Well, think well, about how this band works to the fact that they had to go out and uh, this is, you know, they had to go ask Tim for help, which I'm really glad you helped them, Tim. But it wasn't only Tim they asked. They asked a bunch of people that, you know, in the community that are, you know, that have relationships with them about what to put in here because they didn't know what to do. It's not because they were like, oh, we want to know what the fans want. It's because they didn't know what to do. So if it wasn't for people like Tim and other people, you know, we wouldn't have got you know, as good of a box in the use your illusions as we did. There's a reason why the quality is a lot better in UII for the remasters and the videos than what you got in an appetite. There's, you know, it's clear. And, uh, you know, I, I think the people that are running the band, Fernando knows the band, but the people that are universal and the people that are putting out these releases, they don't know shit. You know, actually, you know, the funny thing is that uh, Slash, um, he quickly said um, when he was asked about how this reunion uh, all came to fruition, and he has told in several magazines the story that he was contacting uh, Team Brazil to uh, investigate uh, what's happening with the vault because he wanted to, like, sort of preserve it, and then they got in touch with each other, and then finally they, yeah, went back to doing concerts again. Tim, so, what do you uh, think? That's pretty interesting. I mean... I, I would hope, well, you know, when you think about it too, like, um, <clears throat> like for example, not that it, not that it applies to GNR uh, from what we've been told, but like this universal fire, right? I mean, like, it doesn't really matter where you store this shit, whether you put it in the in a warehouse like <clears throat> Universal did, whether you put it in a fucking salt mine or you know like that some movie studios do and shit, right? You know, like it could be an earthquake in that salt mine and everything could get, get crushed, right? So I mean, no matter where you put it. I think what you need to do is you need to have the originals someplace, wherever you want to put those, oh. but then you need to make backups and put those in different locations, and, right? And That's digitize, the, digitize them because it's and all digitize analog. them, right? You know, yeah. and I, I do, I, I, and you know, speaking of what you were talking about earlier with with, with managers and everything, here, you know, uh, kind of part of the problem sometimes I think is like, you know, I don't know if you guys know this, but like Duff has a manager and Slash has a manager. Even Axel has a separate manager than Beta and Fernando. I didn't know that till recently. And then, you know, Fernando's like the manager of the band, you know? And so like, I kind of wish sometimes like they would go back. In my opinion, you can't really call yourself a band unless everyone has an equal say and everyone knows what's going on in that band and everyone. But as we all know, I mean, and I'm not trying to criticize, but let's face it. I mean, it's, it's the Axel show, right? Like, for example, if Slash wanted Mark Cantor to come backstage one night, is is he allowed to? I don't know, yeah. right? You know, <clears throat> and I think I think that's part of the problem with currently with this whole group. I I wish that it would just. I think they should again, as I've talked about before, let bygones be bygones from the past, and and just being a, a real band now. Like everyone has an equal say. Everyone. Um, maybe they're not making equal money, but you have an equal say in like what's going on with the band yeah. and like. And, and an equal say in like in writing the album or or new songs or whatever and um you know 
But uh, in Tim, terms I'm of scared. Like, and I'm scared for one reason. I think that, uh, you know how Sanctuary Music Group right now, uh, Merrick, uh, you know, they're doing really well. And uh, they've been purchasing a lot of publishing rights. Uh, oh. Axel's rights are, uh, they revert back to him in 2024, I, I, yeah. I believe. And when they revert back to Axel, he can then sell the rights for, you know, $500, $700 million and just fucking ride off into the sunset. So, I mean... I don't know if we're going to get anything. I'm kind of concerned that, you know, Axel's just trying to, you know, milk this fucking tour and everything he can for as long as he can until the big money comes. And then when he has the fuck you money, he's just, you know, going to disappear. Well, you're right. And a lot of artists are doing that now. They're, they're selling off their catalogs, right? Like a lot of really famous people. And, um, uh, you know, I've thought the same thing. Like I've thought that like Axel kind of tires of doing this. I get that vibe sometimes. Right. You know, and, um, I just hope that before they do, all I want, and I think all, and I don't think I'm alone in this. I think a lot of people want this, right? Just get the get the original five back together. I, they're wrong. It could be the original five, and if you still want to have, you know, Richard there and Frank there as well, that's fine with me. I don't care. But get the original five, and just, and I know Izzy might not want to do like a fucking world tour. Fine, just do like twelve dates around the U.S. and then, and then. Maybe like uh, uh, the last few shows, like just for like the hardcore fans, right? You know, and and play like deep cuts, and then fucking end it all. Fine. Yeah, like, that would be but, fucking. You know. That would be going out with a bang, man. But then you could yeah, then you could just go afterwards. Hey, this is all the shit that we had that we recorded. That make, at, you know, with that, fucking the new GNR stuff. Put that on like iTunes and be like, here's you know, they get their cut of whatever, and fucking uh-huh. just release the fucking vault. Just let it oh, go. Yeah. Just be free. If they would, do, if they really would do that, you know, do, do an, uh, a deep cut the concert for the hardcore fans in the end, that will forgive. Yeah, I will forgive them for everything they fucked up. You know. Well, you know what I was <laughs> told the way. What you know? What I always thought would be great, especially if you wanted to, to to end the whole thing like this. Ah, you happen. do this. You do like again like twelve shows, but you do like a festival, right? But the festival is all is all done with for the whole day. It's all the side bands, right? Like Loaded, Izzy and the Juju Hounds, Adler's Appetite, oh. all these side bands, and at the end, you know, it's uh-huh. the obviously it's GNR at the end, right? And then you could even have. Again, Richard and and Melissa and whoever you can even have do, a hologram from Shadow Moon, right? You can do a holograph, <laughs> right? You know, and at the end, Paradise City and everyone comes on stage and fucking plays Paradise City. Fine, like well, I don't care. This right? is like the Martin Luther King "I Have a Dream" speech for fucking Guns and Roses, right here. <laughs> I have a dream. Well, especially to hear some some, some uh, we'll fucking uh, Juju Hound stuff, right? Because otherwise, there's no way you're ever going to hear any of that again, right? Like you know, I mean. Um, but shit. yeah, I know. Like, who knows what will happen in the future of this band? But I, I do remember hearing about that Merck stuff, Brasky, and that is uh, interesting. Yeah, you're right. Um, From what I hear, American Axel already have the fucking deal set in stone. So I mean, we're fucked. Oh shit! <laughs> hey, but but speaking about managers, you know, I, I at one stage I got in contact with Duke Goldstein and I got uh, quite friendly with him. And I then I one day I asked him where these videos were supposed to be stored, and this is like a long time ago already. And and he said, um, yeah, they're all in the Universal Studios. But the story you told them about uh, the fire, I've already heard the same uh, story. Uh, there was this article, I think it was in the Financial Times, the New York Times. Uh, it was a pretty long article, and it was all about this fire. And apparently there was way less loss than they thought. And uh, right. GNR was not affected. And well, there were some very important masters were affected, but not for GNR. And um, so in the end, 
yeah, the damage was not as big as as they were saying. That's what I've heard too. And, read and that works out really well because you know, speaking of what Brasky was talking about earlier, I mean, um, Sebastian Bach he had like the the Skid Row Masters and. And, which is kind of weird because you would think like it would be Snake Saba that would have him instead of Sebastian Bach, but um, but they were in his basement and like there was like a flood in New Jersey and they're all destroyed and gone now. Like yeah, that's, yeah, mean, but, that's that. but yeah, that's the thing, and that's why it's so important for GNR to make that stuff digital. You know, then it can't lose quality anymore. And yeah, totally the, agree. The, the fact that 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 Fernandez had basically said that they had didn't even have the equipment yet, yeah, means that they're just rotting somewhere in this vault. I mean, like, wh- why do they want to do it in house? Just there's other companies that do this for a fucking living. You don't have to do it yourself. Yeah, right? hey, yeah. listen, you listen no, no, Tim, you're wrong. You know what they got to do it in house? It's because uh, Mr. Brain never got paid for the remixes that fucking leaked and everything like that. So Axel's got to keep true. him on staff and uh, he's got to do shit. So listen, work's got to be done in house because. You know, Axel's going to take care of Brain. I don't know what leverage he's got on him. I don't know if he found the KFC Bukaki tape that Buckethead had hidden. I don't know what the hell happened, but listen, Brain's got some leverage. I got to check on, Franz, you're doing great, but I got to check on Lies because I told him to uh, check on Chocolate's website, and I don't know if we've lost him. He might just be like a kid in a candy store right now or a fat kid going into McDonald's. What's going on, Lies? I, I am um, going through the website right now, and I'm remembering. All this stuff I used to have. I'm seeing a whole bunch of pictures of a lot of T-shirts I had, um, some trinkets here and there that I had. Um, I can't believe you have all this stuff, Tim. This is stuff I've never even heard of before. Stuff I never even would 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 dream that's that's out there um, that you have. Um, and Are then, you, of course, some of the some of the. I, I I know I've said this a couple times tonight, but some of the grails um, that you have, like the sought after stuff, I can't believe this, Tim. It, how this is this has to be uh, decades in the making. It it is, and like you know, a lot of it is. Um, I mean, I know people bash eBay a lot, but a lot of it was from eBay. Now I don't know if anyone's gone on there lately, but. It really took a turn, eBay. But I thought eBay used to be really great back in the day, and and a lot of it's probably from there. But a lot of it is also like from, um, like we talked about earlier, record shows or record fairs or even record stores back in the day. I remember, you know, Bill, um, speaking of Boston, right? I remember one time in college, one day I just decided to go around visiting the local record stores there. Um, Live like a suicide on on tape. I got for a dollar, you know, at, at one at one record store, one at the other record store, all on the same day, right? You know. I'm trying to I mean, remember what the record store was that was uh, by BCN on Mass Ave. Uh, something comics. Oh yeah, Newberry Comics. Newberry motherfucker, you you know what, man? I owe you a beer because you're you're a real fucking guy who's been to Boston because you said Newberry Comics. Yeah, but Newberry Comics back in like the '90s, dude, they would have all the imports like. And exports. They'd be like, yeah, we, we got uh, any uh, Guns N' Roses show you want from like Japan and fucking Asia. They did. It's like, what? That's right, man. I remember fucking Tower Records was on the corner there. Oh, what a great location that was. Oh, fuck. You know, but <laughs> uh, but yeah, liars. Uh, so, you know, and, and then it's also just, you know, scouring the Internet because there's a lot of good Internet sites out there, too, that have some stuff. And sometimes like and this is this gets you know problematic especially if you can't read some of the languages which i i can't but i have people that help me but some foreign sites too right you know and, and finding stuff there um 
but yeah, a lot of hours of my life spent looking for this stuff. And then other collectors who decide to get out of it and they and they sold their collections, right? You know, that's how I got a lot of it too. And what about uh, the collector space you have? Uh, Facebook. Oh yeah, well right, and that's the other thing too, right? We. That's big, I mean, man. it's not. That's it's great. not my. A lot of people think it's my no, group, no, but. I think you are a, an admin, but you're not the only one. But yeah, I right. Sort of call it, I sort of call it your group, but it's yeah. I, yeah, because there's a Guns N' Roses collectors Facebook group, and that one's great, man. The, and you're the right. stuff that comes there, you know, it's it's fucking huge. I mean, I love it. Right, you know, meet, meeting people there and. Um, and right, and and finding out about stuff because um, what's cool, what I always love, like and, and Braski, you kind of talked about this earlier too, is like when you find out something that existed that you never even knew about. I mean, it's one thing for like you know like recordings, like audio or video, but even like like an official release, like oh this you know there's a this this release from Spain that I never knew about. Like I love finding out things like that. It's kind of sad when you find out things like that because then now you know there's something else you got to track down, right? But, yeah, dude, like <laughs> for instance, uh, ET's not on the show. He's usually he's he's a part of the fat cast. We love him to death. A strange twat, and uh, he's really into lithographs. And I have a oh, lithograph yeah. from the Foxborough show I went. But uh, he and uh, Russ TCB from IGN are, are really good friends. And Russ, who uh, I'll promote his podcast for him because sometimes it kicks our ass. It's the Infectious Group podcast on YouTube. Oh hell yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, fucking Russ, you know. I find most of his takes boring, but man, he knows his lithographs like nobody's fucking business. And, you know, it's really interesting when like you see some really cool lithographs, like there's some shit that, you know, in the last six, seven years of GNR torn, they've put out some really, really cool art. And I don't know if uh, people really pay attention to that or not, but it's some really cool looking shit. They, they do. And, um, and if you know when we talk about japan later or in thailand like you know in japan i was hanging out the entire time with uh you guys might know him as ricky or you know rich but uh you know he runs that website litherati.com and he's the yeah. one who has all the lithographs right you know and yeah. so he i was hanging out with him what's that he has them all he does have them all oh he has them all oh really well that's fucking insane. but he also you know he insane. he has um how does he do that from from doing that website that he did and from just you know getting into the lithographs and and he also has managed to befriend um some of the people who work for like the merchandising company like uh because you know with guns and roses it's kind of a weird deal they have bravado for all the stuff that's like on their website for stuff that's not tour related right they go with bravado but for this for the tour related stuff they go with global i don't know why they use two different companies it's really fucking weird but anyway He's kind of befriended well people from Bravado and Global, but with right. Global, you know, he's got a deal where he has all the lithographs sent to him now. Oh, like wow. he, has, he has one from every show just sent to him. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, it's, it's impossible because if people sometimes you post uh, somewhere that you are going to a show and then uh, people start spamming your inbox from hey, can you buy me a little? You know, uh -huh. that's, that's how you got to do it. I mean, I, I can. There's only you two that I need. I've, 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 I've bought a few for some people too, you know, but um, I can understand. But imagine, yeah, getting them all. It's, it's nearly impossible. I want to get the second night of Foxborough because it's kind of. I went to the first night of Foxborough, but they did a second show, so the uh, the lithographs kind of become one big picture if you put them together. That's right. So I want to get that one, and then the only other one that I totally want to get because it's just it's fucking amazing and badass is they got the uh, San Francisco one where it's fucking Dirty Harry. Oh fuck! I don't yeah. care what anyone says. That's I'm a, I Clint Eastwood like 
Depp came to get Clint Eastwood, and dude, Clint Eastwood laughed at him, and Depp ran away. Dude, so I just want that fucking lithograph like no one's business. Man, I went to like ten shows in, in not in his lifetime, you know, and they were fucking ugly nine times, but they were plenty in stock nine times. But the one time it was epic. It was the San Francisco one because I flew there from Holland. Oh, sweet! Yeah. See it, and uh, you know, and then the little wasn't available, and a oh. little after show, I went. We were all yeah, kind of lame, you know. So that's fucking. You didn't go horrible. demand to see Jarmo because, like, I when I went to the Foxborough <laughs> no, no, show, no. I was hanging out with a guy from uh, the Night Train. Really good shit. I forget his name, dude, but he's a really cool guy. He'll remember me. I was Mr. Lance on uh, d- uh, the Night Train. You know, the guy who got Moses suspended for two uh, weeks and uh, oh, yeah. got kicked for uh, arguing with Jarmo. But Jarmo loves me. The crazy. But speaking bastard. speaking of uh, going to the show in 2016, you know, I wanted to go to the Vegas show, but it was just. Yeah, not manageable for me at this short notice. But what I also found like a dirty trick was that they announced that they would return um, in um, this festival. Uh, what was it called again? They were announced as being the first shows. Um, so Coachella. Oh, oh, Coachella. Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. exactly. And then you know, people massively bought tickets for Coachella, and then they, after that, they they suddenly uh, announced an earlier show in Vegas. You know, so yeah, uh, people yeah. that would buy for Coachella were like really fucked. You know. Well, you I mean, know, that, that's also horrible shit, man. GNR does this a lot, right? And for example, even right now, right? They're they're selling or it's going to go on sale soon or maybe it already is. But yeah, that Hyde UK. Park show in London, right? Yeah. You know, in June. But yeah. we all know they're going to play other shows, right? Yeah, you know? of course. They're not going to fly to Europe for a less one show. Right, right. <laughs> and so it's like for people who I, I feel bad. And even when they did, here's a good story that happened to me, right? Because I was living in California at the time when they when they... Um, announced the up close and personal shows in New York, right? And so, I made plans to fly to New York to go to those uh, to those four shows. And then what happened after that? Then they announced up close and personal shows in LA, which is a lot closer to where I live in San Fran at the time, right? Now, fortunately for me, I had other reasons to go to go to New York because I'm from Long Island, right? You know, so I can go back and visit family and and friends. So I had other reasons to go back. But if I didn't have any other reasons to go back. That would really piss me off, right? You know what I mean? And um, and speaking of... Um, oh, I was pissed off, dude, because I bought... Look at this. 2016. It was only... They announced one Foxborough show. So I'm like, okay, oh. they're coming. So I paid fucking $600 for two tickets for me and my wife. A fucking week later, or two weeks later, like, oh, yeah, second Foxborough show. Guess what? They didn't sell as much. So the tickets that I paid 600 for, I could have bought them for like 200 bucks total if oh, I waited fuck. for like the day before the show. Because uh-huh. that's how much ticket prices dropped. So yeah, do I feel fucked a little bit? But do I get over it? I do. I mean, no, I, I know what you mean. Do. Right, you I get had, over I, it. I had you the know. exact same thing. You know, back in in 2002, they announced a show in Leeds, and um, they announced it as being the the only European show. You know, so and uh, GNR was like, uh, yeah, that for years, and this was their first time they would return. So, I instantly booked tickets and plane and stuff, you know, to go to the festival. And then, like two weeks later, they s- suddenly announced a show on Poco Pop, which is in Belgium, which is my neighbor country, you know, and it's like some same retarded shit. Yeah, see, I mean, like, but I hear what you're saying, you know, Brasky, like, okay, yeah, we we do get over it, but at the same time, it's like, holy shit. Why can't they just announce the whole fucking Europe tour they're going to do and sell the tickets at the same time? I, I don't 
I don't know why they do this. Um, Tim, I know I, exactly I, what we're in. What we're in, Tim, is is very simple. We're in an abusive relationship, but the sex is great. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, everything you're but right. the sex is horrible. Like, you're right. It, it, beforehand, it's horrible, but when we have sex, we love it. It's great. And then for five minutes, life is good. But then it goes back to sucking. We're in an abusive relationship, and we, we just go back to it because we like the sex. It's I've simple said- as that. It's a hard band to be a fan of. It really oh, is. <laughs> this band has fucked you so many times that you leave a Snickers bar in your fucking dresser every morning when you wake up. All right. But that's just how GNR rolls. Now, now, Tim, you said something about Japan and you wanted to talk about it. What the hell happened in Japan? What's going on? All right. On? So, you know, speaking of lithographs and stuff and, and speaking of how I'm a big person who collects, you know, merchandise, um, you know, historically, um, Japan merchandise and even Thailand merchandise is very hard to find aftermarket. When I say aftermarket, I mean like, you know, like eBay, for example, right? Um, so one of the, I mean, one of the reasons I wanted to go to Thailand and Japan was just to go to Thailand and Japan, right? Another reason was to visit friends that I know that are there, some of which I've never met in person, some I have. Um, but the other reason was to go to get merchandise as well, right? You know, and of course to see the shows, sure, you know. Um, I was really excited to see the shows because I, I hadn't heard um, Reckless Life ever. And I know they started playing it in Europe and South America. So um, I was excited to to go hear, hear that song. Um, so Japan, um, you know, right when I got in, um, I met, you know, Ricky, you know, again, he's the guy that has the Litherati website. Um, I met him right right off the bat. You know, he met me at the airport. And so, uh, which was nice because he can read and speak Japanese. So I had someone to, to be able to do that the whole time. But we stayed at, because um, he lives in Osaka, right? And the shows were in Tokyo. So we stayed at, we paid a lot of money for it. But um, we stayed at like the nicest hotel in, in Tokyo, like the Park Hyatt. Because uh, we had a theory and we were right. That's where the band was staying. Um, and, you know, the the crew and everything were staying at a different hotel, not too far away. But, uh um, and you know, there's a, there's a lot that happened that trip. Um, uh, that's kind of like, crazy, but, uh, um, so speaking of the shows though, um, so again, our plan was, you know, to go to bed at whatever time that night and then to wake up the, cause the cool thing about Japan, unlike any other fucking country, at least for Guns N' Roses, right? They like a week before the show, they have a website that shows you, all the merchandise that they're going to be selling, how much it costs. They're, they tell you what time it goes on sale. So it's like fucking great. So we were planning to wake up at like, I don't know, 10 a.m. the next day maybe and, and go to the venue. Um, but, you know, we're sleeping and we get a, like a text at 7 a.m. from a friend of ours that's there already. And she's like, oh, yeah, there's already 100 people in line. And that's not in line to, you know, to go to get close to the rail or whatever, right? That's in line just for merch, you know, <laughs> because – I don't know if you guys know, merch has gotten out of hand now where there's people like in Mexico, there was people who were camped overnight just for merch, you know? So this is how, this is the way it's getting now for the merchandise. But, um, so That's we get down insane, there, but you said something crazy. Like what was going on crazy at the tour? Like you're saying there's oh. some crazy events. Um, <laughs> you can no, speak in generalities. I mean, but we had a crazy time there because of some other things that happened. Um, but that's really his story to tell. So you don't have to okay. get, uh, 
I respect that. I respect that. And so I uh, yeah. continue on your Japan story. I just, as the host of the show, when I hear something, it's like, Ooh, that's, that's a little interesting. You know, if I, I was a I, listener, you know, I'd be like, Hey, what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, so we get down there, uh, like, I don't know what time we got there, but it was, it was early, but, um, and you know, you can kind of tell, not that everyone who goes to a rock show or a heavy metal show has to look a certain way or wear a certain type of clothing or whatever, but, I got the vibe that some of these people were GNR fans. and um, But sure enough, you know, the merchandise goes on sale at 12. And one thing about Japan, though, that's great. Even if you get there at like 6 a.m., like some fucking crazy early time, doesn't matter. They've got signs out that says, here's the line for this. Here's the line for that. You know, it's very organized. It's fucking great. And when the merchandise went on sale, they got this fucking merchandise table that's like 200 feet long. And they got like 20 people working it. And they let in a certain group of amount of people. They get their stuff, then they let in the next group of people. Like it's, it's very organized, and um, but thankfully for the lithographs, they were limiting uh, limiting it to one per person, because for sure there was there was people in front of us. Like for example, when we were buying merchandise, and they were buying like fifty shirts. These were people who were just there to buy merchandise and then go sell it online, right? You know, and if they weren't limiting the lithographs we probably wouldn't have gotten one actually. Right. So th- that Sorry. worked out really well that they fucking did that shit. Um, and then, you know, and then what's great about, again, about Japan is that, you know, they have like a train station nearby and the train station has lockers. So you can go put the merchant in the locker and then, uh, you know, we would go get something to eat and something to drink and then, you know, go to the show later. And at the show what's cool about, I mean, for anyone that's been to a show in America, uh, and friends, I know you've been to a few. You just said the San Fran show for one. People, and maybe this is the same for Europe. I don't know. I've never been to a show there. But people here, let's face it, they get inebriated before the show even, right? You know, and, it, and definitely at the show to the point of being belligerent. In Japan, they were selling beer and everything. But people get like one, maybe two, and that's it, right? You know, and, you know, but they're not. They rock out hard, you know. But what's crazy about Japan shows is that um, I don't know if it's because of COVID or not, or maybe just the way that this arena is set up, but there was no no pit section, no general admission section. It was all seats, man, right? The whole fucking thing. Um, but uh, it was a great time and everything. And, and then we had to do the next the same shit the next day, get up like at 7 a.m., go down there, you know. But, um, you know, and then now Thailand. <laughs> man, first of all, dude. Fucking Bangkok, man. It's it's just like the you know, welcome to the jungle says, man. If you got the money, we got your disease. It's definitely that kind of city, dude. Um, it reminds me of New York in the nineteen eighties, right? We're, you know? we're sorry that waste isn't here because he could give you, you know, if we were talking Thailand, he can give you a great description of how to find a local fast food restaurant, a whore, and uh, some opium. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know. Have you ever have you ever interacted with wasted chocolate? I don't think I ever did, but uh, he's the insane guy with the Charlie Sheen avatar. He's uh, he's the usual third mic on the show, and uh, he's quite brilliant. But he's also he lives in Taiwan, but oh, he's shit. traveled oh through Japan as ET, who used to live in Japan. Um, That's right, does too. Uh, but he's uh, traveled through to Thailand and everything else, and uh, he goes on what we like to call like if uh, Anthony Bourdain had a really bad uh, sex fetish and. Uh, <laughs> Instead of good food, like um, fast food, that's our boy wasted. And he usually does it from a Seven Eleven. So you just bring it up, you know, the greatness of Thailand. I'm sorry that wasted's not here to, you know, tell you how you can figure out which one's not a lady boy, and uh, you know, <laughs> if, it, if it's going to require double wrapping or not. But hey, 
um, <laughs> you know, in his honor, uh, you know, I at least wanted to bring up his name. Hopefully he returns soon, but please continue with your, you're welcome to the jungle breakdown of what Thailand is, which, you know, what, well, guys, you know, here's the deal. If you're not, if you're an unmarried man and, uh, you know, you're, uh, you're a little bit older than 40. You need to go over to Asia one time. Don't let ET ruin this for you. They're, they are what you think they are. ET just is ET. <laughs> you know, it's not hard to go out there and find a, some ladies that will entertain you and do tricks. And meanwhile, you can live out all your crazy shit. Just don't be a creep. Make sure they're above 18 is all I ask. Right, right. You know, and it's funny because uh, one of the cab drivers in Thailand, he spoke a little bit of English and he's telling me about what's going on in Thailand because um you know, just like Japan, they're kind of just getting out of COVID and, and they've got inflation going on just like everywhere else, right? So he's like, oh, yeah, you know, a kilogram of chicken used to be this much, but now it's this much and pork and beef and gas. But then all of a sudden he switches gears and he's like, <laughs> he's like, a sex worker used to be 7,000 baht and now it's 4,000 baht, right? So I joked around with him. I said, hey, man, at least something went down in price, you know, <laughs> right? But, My uh, question would have been, do the sex workers wear masks? Like, is it required, like, in Thailand? Like, listen. That's a good question. You're out here being a whore, but we got this whole COVID <laughs> problem going on right now. So uh, you ladies need to put on a mask. <laughs> man, you know, but uh, so Why, that is night, you alive? I, I am. I'm, I'm. I'm perusing the the Trockley website. I'm I'm listening to the Thailand story, and I'm nice. just having a grand nice. old time over here. I, I understand that, buddy. But you're the uh, you're the co-host. I mean, Franz is doing <laughs> doing a great job tonight as third mic filling in for Wasted. But you're my co-host of the most here, and you're usually a better interviewer than me by far. So what the <laughs> fuck's going on? <laughs> Again, well, you know, I, uh, maybe I'm a little starstruck. I mean, we're. <laughs> I mean, for me, like you're, you're, you're I'm, I'm going to sound like Chris Farley interviewing Paul McCartney here. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but you know, I, I didn't know what to expect in Thailand, right? So, I went to bed that night. The next day, I woke up at fucking six a.m. to go to this fucking uh, venue, right? And the venue where they were playing, it's just outside of Bangkok, and it's like an, an outdoor stadium, you know, where they have like soccer matches and shit, right? But and it's a big stadium. Now, right in front of it, they have these two big, like, like you know, covered areas, right? So, again, they don't have walls, but they're just covered, right? So, you know, they can protect from rain or the sun or whatever, right? And then the venue grounds, it has, like, this, this one road that goes into the venue grounds. And so when I get there in the taxi, they got, like, this sliding gate that's preventing, you know, cars going in, right? But, but you know, people can still walk in easily and walk out and everything. So I get there, and I'm kind of staying around for a minute or so. And then I, I walk into the venue grounds and no one stops me, right? And then I can see under one of those covered areas I was talking about, I can tell, oh, this is where they're going to be setting up merchandise later, right? So I go stand there and that's where I plan on standing for the rest of the day. Um, then all of a sudden, like, you know, they, they bring like a chair out for me and everything. I'm like, oh, this is nice, right? You know, all right. And then uh, another fan shows up not too long later. But he's from Thailand. And so we're communicating as best we can with, like, Google Translate and shit, right? Uh, you know, having a good time. Then, like, around 9.30 or 10, some security guy comes up. And, again, he's not speaking any English, but I can I get the gist that we have to go back out to the main gate area, that we can't wait in here. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, you know, right, what does it matter, right? You know, 
But and then I my my concern at this point is that there's going to be a line of people out there, and so I'm trying to tell the guy, okay, but I was here since like fucking seven a.m. right, so I'm number one in line, right? And he's like, and again, we're, we're this is all via Google Translate, right? And he's like, yeah, yeah, number one in line, no problem. But we get out there, and there's not too many people out there anyway, so it's not a big deal. So I'm like, all right, whatever. Um, and you know, and there's people who came from all over the world for this concert too, like people from South Africa, Australia, everywhere, right? And so you know we're talking and hanging out, and uh, at the front end, at the front entrance of this road that goes into this into the venue grounds, they have like this kind of like arch set up just for the concert, right? It's like big arch, and then you know for for a me- in the meantime it's blocking the sun out, right? But around twelve o'clock the sun you know comes out, man, and it's just we're just fucking standing in the sun all day long, Ugh. fucking baking, dude. Now I'm not an idiot, right? I, I I brought sunscreen with me, I had water with me, I had food with me and shit, but. Still, man, it was fucking brutal, but that's not the problem. The problem is, so around 5 o'clock is when they open things up. And um, But at this point, you know, because I'm telling you, like, right, there's a there's a road that goes into the into the venue grounds. There's a line of people that's lined up on both sides, right? And at 5 o'clock, they just open it. And imagine thousands of people rushing in. There are people getting pushed down, people getting trampled, all that shit. And then you go to these two single-file, like, like, entryways that you had to go through there's like hundreds of people squishing trying to squeeze in at the same time and when you go through that you're trying to show your phone that you have like a, you know your vaccination record right and then you have to go to these tables and the tables aren't all the same it depends on where your ticket is in the stadium right so there's different tables for different sections of the stadium and you have to show on your phone your ticket and then you get a fucking wristband and then you can either go to the merchandise or you can go to the metal detector um, and stand in line for the metal detector. So I go to the merchandise, but like the line is like fucked at this point because people ran before me who can run faster than me and whatever else. And 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 there's no clear line. It's just all crazy. But then I'm thinking to myself, well, you know what? I'm just gonna go to the metal detector, right? Because there's the other merchandise tape uh, stand that's still inside, the one that I was standing at earlier, right? You know. Um, so I go to the metal detector. So I go up to the metal detector, and I'm only like third or fourth in line. No big deal, right? So we you know that eventually opens like 40 minutes earlier, 40 minutes later. And so then I go to the merchandise table that's inside, the one that I was standing at earlier in the day. Um, and again, I'm like third or fourth in line. No, not a problem, right? But I get there. Once I get you know up to the front, um, all the shirts are gone. All the posters are gone. Because the what? staff the staff stole them all. <laughs> Holy you know? way. Yep. And now and here's the thing. I've quickly learned since then, you know, that um you know, Thailand is uh I'm not trying to cast aspersions or anything, but it's a country that's that's definitely you know, bribery is is the way to go, right? You know what I mean? Now, that security guy that came up to me earlier in the day and, and told me, you know, to go back to the main gate, maybe I could have bribed him and I had plenty of Thai him. money on me. But the problem is how can I bribe the guy if I can't fucking speak Thai and he doesn't speak English, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so I was I was really pissed off and I just went back to my hotel and I said, <laughs> fuck this shit. And okay, so uh, didn't go I think concert. that's a time where money talks, eh? Like serious like it, it literally money talks to the well, you know, so- You're right. And there there was a lithograph that was still there that was like like under the table, but they're like, oh, that's, that's for someone else. And I was flashing money, right? <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? yeah. Uh, but, but, you know, DNR should ha- 
you man, what you did for GNR, and you know, uh, they should have said to you, hey man, because you do this, or uh, you know, send all your stuff to us so we could make this box. They should have granted you a little for every show, right? Well, you know, man, I, come on, yeah, of course they would. I I would like that, and you know, I've um, I'm gonna try to ask for that actually. I'm gonna try to try to. to get the same deal that 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 guy Ricky has, where they'll just send me a lithograph for me, show me because definitely, man, that would it's, make my life easier. But yeah. you know, um, I'm I'm also thinking you about sometimes it. you deserve it, man. Come on, you know, like, well, Tim, why are you paying to go to GNR shows? Like, you just don't fucking uh, add, tell Fernando, like, hey, I'll be at the show. I mean, you should have a seat at the seriously. Plane. I mean, GNR I'm not trying way. to sound like a dickhead <laughs> here. Fernando's been cool to me. Where like, you know, when they played uh, Winston Salem, like, hey man, I I told him I'm not gonna go there because it's six hours away from me. But like, it's one of those things. Like, he's not a douchebag. Like, if you tell him, hey, you know, I'm interested in going to the show, I'm sure it wouldn't be an issue. You're fucking Tim Tricoli. You know, during wrong, like, and and there's a there's a whole story behind that that happened with this. With this entire, um, with this leg of the tour, actually, um, that's so. It's funny you mentioned that. Um, and he has helped me out before, not with going to a show or with with merchandise, but um, you know, the purple banner that we were talking about earlier, right? Um, you know, I was in L.A. Oh, when was this? I can't remember, but um, I was in L.A. for for work, and it just happened to be that at the same time. You know, Duff's wife was doing a book signing in, in L.A., right, for the book that she wrote. And uh, and I knew that was going to be happening. So I, I brought the banner with me on this trip and we, and I went there. And sure enough, Duff was there, as well as a whole bunch of other people were there from from that you would recognize from GNR. Not the band, but I mean, like, you know, crew members and people like that. Right. And um, so I had Duff sign the purple banner. And so since I had Duff sign it, I was like, you know, it'd be nice to get Axel and Slash to sign this, too. And um, and so I had Fernando help me out with getting them to sign it, you know. Nice. Um, yeah. My favorite thing is going to be one day, like probably 10 years from now or something, when Axel dies and we find out what his fucking alt account is. You know, when, when we find out what <laughs> alt account he's been using on the forums all this year, like, oh, you motherfucker. Who's out his mojo? No, mojo. <laughs> fucking, listen. Axel might have grown up in a trailer, but he left it a long time ago. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck that prick. Um, well, you know. It's funny because the problem now, now that I have it signed by Axel uh, Slash and Duff, right? You know, um, you know, Stephen will be easy enough to get as soon as I go to one of his shows, right? I'm, I'm, he seems to be like a pretty approachable guy. Is is going to be the real fucking problem, right? I yeah, mean, yeah. No, won't, dude. Here's what you do: you go to fucking, you know, where he lives in Indiana. You go down to the local fucking feed store. He'll show up eventually. <laughs> You know, yeah, he probably insane. shows up around ten o'clock each morning, has a cup of coffee with a couple farmers, and you know, you'll find him. It's, it's not gonna is, be is, Isn't he down in 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 Ohio? Or no, yeah, uh, Arizona. Or something, I forgot right? a farming, right? That's what I thought. Something like that, right? He's doing some weird shit, but it's not gonna be hard to find Izzy. I mean, all thing you gotta do is figure out where the little locals drink coffee in the morning. I'm sure Izzy's gonna be there. I, I mean, know, this boy's gonna I be know. in a fucking pair of overalls and a fucking truck from the nineties. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, it's Izzy. And, you know, for Thailand, part of the problem was that, look, you know, Japan, I, I think, was a little extreme. Like, if you want to limit the lithographs, one per person is a little extreme. Maybe do, like, three or five per person because a lot of people are truly buying them for friends of theirs, right? Like like I was planning to. Um, but um, the other problem with Thailand, and not just Thailand, but any show, I mean, think about, like, the London shows, right, that they played. You're talking about a stadium that can hold 70,000 people. 
and they print 120 of these lithographs. What the fuck are you thinking? I'm not saying to print 70,000 of them, but maybe like 500. Like, I don't know why they have some weird print numbers, man. I really don't understand it. Like, but, um, but by the way, speaking of lithographs, liars, um, yes, you know, speaking of collecting Metallica, that, uh, that's another reason I'm glad I don't collect them anymore because Metallica they do a separate lithograph for the VIP yeah. people, then they do yeah. a separate lithograph for the regular people, and then they allow the artists to do artist prints and, and variants and all this other shit. So imagine trying to collect the fucking Metallica shit, man. Like, I, God damn I actually knew that. Um, I went online because I saw one that was really cool. Uh, I forget which one it was for, but I saw a, a Metallica litho, and I was like, oh, shit, I want to get that. And I went online, and I, I saw all these different versions of it. I was like, what the hell is this? And, yeah, they do. It's it's interesting, but it's it's just crazy money, man. Um, yeah, it is. It you is. know, I, I, went to the, I went to the Edmonton show um, in, what was it? I guess it was probably 2019. It was before COVID in August. Uh, I went to the Edmonton show, and uh, it was the same thing with the Lithos. Like, Commonwealth Stadium holds about 60,000 people, I would say. And it wasn't sold out, but it was close to. And by the time I got to the Litho stand, like, uh, I think they printed 250 for the show, right? And, like, they're, they're gone before they're, – they're gone before anybody has a chance to get them, right? So – I mean, mind you, the the Edmonton Litho wasn't that good either. I didn't really like it, but I would still would have liked to have it. Right, because you were at the show, right? Of course. Sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I actually all those all the Lithos for the Canadian shows they weren't very good. Um, all across the board, like uh, Winnipeg wasn't good. Um, uh, Toronto wasn't that good. Ottawa, Ottawa was horrible actually, but. Um, and but, I, I don't know if they had one for Montreal, but um, but it's weird. That, but it's weird that you say this because I've I've been to like ten shows from the, not in this lifetime, and you know um, last tour I went to three shows, and all these three shows I uh, had people contact me to buy them a little, you know, which I did, and I sent to the USA afterwards. But it's uh, yeah. But sometimes you also have to to really watch out what you do with this little because you don't want to hold it in your hands during the show. Uh-huh. So that's, and usually right. they fit in, they fit in a locker, so you can put it in a locker. But well, that, that was cool what you said about Japan there, friend. Uh, sorry, uh, Tim, is that they the the subway station or whatever was right across the street, right? So you just went and got a like that's pretty cool that you could do that. Yeah, that's that's nice, and it sounds like they do that in Europe, friends, right? I guess apparently. Yeah, yeah, but um, but there were always plenty of Litos, you know. Um, yeah. Because I went to the Hanover show, man, I could have bought twenty if I wanted. Because really? yeah, yeah. So they were never sold out. Only at the show I, I would I went to in San Francisco, but in Europe I could always buy them. But yeah, most shows I went to were uh, yeah not the best Litos. That's the problem. Is like you don't know now, and so like for someone like me, when I, when I do go to a show. Again, because because you don't know, that's why, like, believe me, I didn't want to wake up at, like, 6 a.m. for for Thailand or for Japan. But it's like you don't know, and so, like, you, you have to get there early if you want yeah, any of this stuff. At least if on. you don't want to have to buy it aftermarket anyway, right, you yeah, know? You deserve that stuff, man. GNR should be fucking man up uh, here this story and they say, hey, man, get this guy a little for every show, man. Yeah. yeah. Fernando, I, mean, I demand that fucking, fucking lithograph sent to him. You sent your fucking collection to them, man. I mean, that's worth t- 10 million litos more, man. 
Fernando, you trust, trust them with that stuff, man. So they they owe you back, man. Fernando, uh, hold on, Franz, hold on. Fernando, yes. do you have any idea the army of memes and jokes that Franz and I possess? <laughs> this, this is a warning, Fernando. Don't make us make this Christmas holiday season Franz just going nuts with memes. Make it right with Trockley. He deserves it, damn it. Yeah, I'm a, come on. I mean, you know, good. like, I, you know I just it. think, like, I think there's a way that they could do this. Of course. Um, they could fly to the moon. Come on. They can I mean, on. you know, because, like, you know, I mean, don't get wrong. Yeah, I happen to have like a, a lot of you know stuff in my collection, and and this person has all the lithographs, and this person has been to two hundred shows, and this person has, I mean, like, but I I, w- I don't want to say like I'm a bigger fan than anyone else, no, and like but that's not what and, I mean. And I know, and I know that, and I know that, but like I just Listen, wish that like Tim, I'm going to interrupt you. You're no GNR yeah. girl. No matter how hard you try, you're never going to be the GNR girl who writes poetry about Axel. And I like the GNR <laughs> girl. She's a nice gal. I'm just saying, buddy, you can try, but you're not going to get there. I know one guy who literally cosplays as a, uh, let's say, uh, how do I, an alternative lifestyle and pretends to be a uh, Axel ripoff to uh, attract male suitors. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm telling you right now, buddy, you, you're a great fan. You're a good fan. You've done amazing work for the community, but you're never going to be the number one fan. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, man. No doubt. But that's so. not what it's about, man. I mean, you, 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 you told us you sent all your stuff with the fucking company, post company, to them. You know, trusting you with your lifetime's work, man. So they owe you a fucking detail for every show. Actually, and, they uh, owe you too, man. <laughs> and, yeah. and to add, it's to not that, about being uh, a bigger fan I heard than that anybody you else. Said, uh, you shipped at UPS. I was a UPS courier for about ten years. I know what goes on in that company. Uh huh. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> Lars, <laughs> <laughs> can you give us a description of what could have happened to those okay, boxes? I, and, I, 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 actually, I, I do know that it was this very, very important demo tape that got lost. Yeah, I. I walked into the. I walked into work many days. I was. Uh, I, this was in Toronto. I was a courier for them. You, um, you, you, you delivered with uh, Derek Webley, right? What's that? You were delivering post to Derek Webley. That's from yeah, 741. Yes, I was referring to Derek Whitley. That's right, exactly. <laughs> it is. Yeah, um, right, right. I used to get stuff from him for, for him all the time. Um, but yeah, I, I swear to God, there was days I would walk into work and I would just I would shake my head saying, "How the fuck is this this company still in business?" Like it's <laughs> fucked, man. And here goes these priceless GNR masterpieces like, being sent. Meanwhile, you got most of these fucking UPS drivers playing punt box with it. Like, listen, oh, I'm telling you, I can kick this fucking box forty yards. No, you can't, Jim. Sure, I can't. Watch. You would walk on the box line, and I would I would turn to walk in the back of my truck. And it was just a fucking mess of a pile of shit boxes everywhere. And the guys and the guys on the box line were just taking them off box line, just throwing them, like literally throwing them in the truck. And I'm like, fuck, I got to sort through. Like, You got fucking time. guys jumping off the trucks yeah, doing yeah. swanton bombs on just fucking yeah. boxes lying there. Ugh. <laughs> So so I, I'm glad I'm glad your stuff got there, Tim. Um, and I, I'm glad it got there in one piece and returned to you. Jeez. <laughs> Was well, Beta's enchilada funny. recipe in the uh, return envelope? Like, hey, listen, you know, for everything you've done for us, Tim, here's your stuff back. But uh, inside is not money or anything great. But here's Beta's enchilada recipe. <laughs> <laughs> we finally have it. The secret we've all wanted. Right? <laughs> Fuck the vault. We got the real winnings right here. <laughs> Mortimer, we're back. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, great. 
Good That's stuff. so true. Guys, do we have any other questions for Tim? Because he's been probably, so far, I'm not going to blow smoke up his ass, probably my top five favorite guests we've ever had on the show so far. So, uh, Franz, Lars, any other questions for him? I, I'm good. I'm good. Um, well, I've got just one, one, one maybe, yeah, direct question. Sure. But, um, oh no, actually, I got two points. Um, the direct question is, um, do you know, happen to know anything about the process or, or how they, yeah, I, I, actually, I already asked this, but yeah, we went off. How they just cut those red tapes? Did they just pull them from somewhere, or you don't know anything about that process? Or, or I mean, who this? Who was the guy that did the cuts? Uh, is uh, that that's a good question. Um, I, I, I don't know who's the person that did the cuts, and I, and I don't know. Um, I think he's named in the DVD or in the Blu-ray. His name is. I would there. imagine, right? And yeah. I don't know where they got it from, but I, but you know. Then again, like I was saying on the uh, Appetite for Distortion podcast that I did, like um, when Slash makes that comment, like you know, oh, you're, you're gonna to the you know, to the fans in the audience, like you're gonna be on TV or something, right? Yeah. Now, I, he might have been talking about the UKB Mind video, but maybe they maybe they planned to release this back in the day and they just never did for some reason. Like, um, I mean, I do think there are things that they. The It's So Easy video is a great example. There are things that they did plan to release and then never did for some reason. Thankfully, that got released at a certain mm -hmm. point. You know, um, that, we had to wait 30 fucking years. But <laughs> yeah, that Cat House show was also shot on film. That's why they could, could they actually, there was video in the Lock and Loaded box that clipped remastered. Right. That's what you talked about, right? Right. And there's, yep. uh, there's a censored one even also. But that one was also shot on film. It was the Cat House, I think. That's right. Uh, yeah, they, they, they did a great job, man, with that uh, with that video. And that's why you should go and watch Ritz ASAP, because it's fucking amazing too, man. But you and know... We just, we just need fucking more of that shit. But you know, <laughs> I think about that It's So Easy video, right? And I'm like, do we really think that they brought out a film crew that just filmed that one song? Or did they film that entire concert that they did that night, right? You know what I mean? And yeah, 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 sure. But they, I they, mean, they, they so like, where the stuff. fuck is that footage, right? You know, like, yeah. and and I don't understand. And see, here, here we go again, though. Like, maybe the reason why they didn't do ever put any live um, stuff from Appetite out again. I don't know if they have to pay Steven or Izzy money if if they do that. I don't know how that works, but you know, yeah. um, that's understandable though. Then, yeah. if that's the case, but. But like like Brasky was saying, if you have to pay him money, then fucking pay him money. Who gives a shit? And like then we can all see it, right? You know. Um, so, but I that's don't know. also that's, that's also the theory I have about the Saskatoon. You know, you remember that? that oh tape fucking hey, yeah, that's so great. Yeah. yeah, man, it's fucking insane, and it's just Such I think I think it, that's just the screen feed, you know, because they 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 don't have a tape for every camera angle they have. I think so. Right. Uh, basically, they recorded the screen feeds, which are good too. Or, uh, but they can make a good cut of it. But for the Tokyo shows, I mean, they professionally filmed those shows, those three nights. And they, Doc Goldstein told me that they hired special cameras that were only in Japan back in the day. You know, they were better. Right. Or, and and so, so you would imagine that if they had, because from that show, they have every angle, you know, from man, many cameras was filmed. I mean, uh, Tokyo, you have an un, uncut one and a cut one, you know, so you can make a very good show of it. And you would think that, those tapes would cost more money, but they would have a box with those specific tapes somewhere stuffed that they could, can easily find, man. That's how I imagine things would happen. And, and I'm sure they do, but then like, it's the question of like, like why they never why they never released any of this, though, and why they still don't. 
I think like I really do think sometimes that they want to save stuff so they can make money in the future. But it's like, but again, that would only make sense if they were releasing something every year or every six months. But they're but, not. But at least digitize it because time's running out, man. If you oh yeah, games are, are, are fucking decay. That's the whole I, fucking. I I agree. The, you the, know? The, 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 the find you know I spent a year finding the the, the good. Um, uh, VHS deck, you know, I had it imported from USA, it costed a fortune, because there are certain decks that are better than others. Uh-huh. And that stuff is also dying out, man. This, the technique is old, you know, you can't, the devices won't work with drivers and stuff. So, yeah, time's running fucking hard out, you know, so at least digitize the stuff, man. I, I completely agree. I don't know why. Invest in and that. Hopefully, it's so important. I mean, hopefully they stuff. did. I don't know. I, I can ask them and, and see if they did, right? You know, because uh, but they didn't because Fernando said in this interview we did. It's that's uh, now two years ago, maybe in an email they did. But he said, yeah, we have hampers full of shit, but we have to buy so many different uh, equipment stuff to even view it. Oh, that's right. Tells, you were saying yes, which right, tell yeah. me which tells me that they even never have checked it uh, because they don't have the proper equipment, and that's hard to find these days. You know, so, I, I yeah. think that's part of the problem and too. Fucking Right, because like you know how you were asking me why that why just the Ritz and why not other shows, that that could be the answer right there. Is that like maybe they don't have the equipment to view these other shows that they have? But there, I mean, there's plenty of people. You know, certain people who have the perfect who do a lot of these transfers. I that's know true. Them. I that's know. True. I've been doing myself. You know, I bought also a lot of equipment for at least one k, and. But stuff's getting old, man. If the devices get broken, you know, you can't fix them anymore. So, yeah, time's running out, man. It's well, then so there's important. Like then, so fucking important. But then there's, like, other questions, like, you know, r- related to what you're talking about. Like, you know, speaking of, like, putting stuff out there and, and quality and everything. Like, like okay, the, the Ritz video, right? You know? Um, and Durung, I know that not everyone has a 4K Blu-ray player in their home. Right, so that's yeah. fine if you want to put a, a 1080p one out there, but why not also include a 4K one for the people yeah. that do have a 4K yes. uh, you know yes. player, right? But the, but the thing with that is, if I can interfere, um, they they actually they transferred it to 4K and then they downgraded it to 1080p. Yes, yeah, that's so weird. And, and that's that's stupid, man, because the Blu-ray is especially made for like high-resolution video, you know. So <laughs> so it's, so it's basically like. Um, yeah, burning in your own CD and then only half full sort of right. thing, you know. And But the thing is, and I have this theory, because actually they did the same with um, this It's So Easy video clip in the loaded box. It was also 1080p. And uh, later on, they digitally released a 4K version so they could pull more money from it. So I'm expecting actually a digital-only version in 4K soon to happen. I wouldn't so, doubt so it. We, so we can buy it again all with all... <laughs> Well, you know, that's what movie studios do too, right? You know, I mean, uh, I know. you know, and so, yeah, I wouldn't doubt that move at all. But then what doesn't make any sense to me is the user illusion and, um, albums and, themselves, right? When but, the appetite. Yeah, when sorry, the app- but you know what What I also think it shoots in my head, and I have to say it, is that why, in fucking God's name, why put out like nine different versions of this user illusion book? Nine different versions there are. I mean, what the fuck. Oh, you mean like with um, so you, can't have, so you can't get all the tracks in one thing, right? Yeah, I know. I no, know. but there's nine different versions. If you complete all the different versions that were made, you know, one with final, one with this, one with that, without video, Japanese edition with extra tracks. I mean, why, man? Why the well, difference? 
Great. think th I think you answered that your own question with what you said with the last topic. It's just to make more money, right? Yeah, so yeah, okay, know? yeah, of course, yeah. And I mean, that's the answer. That's the ultimate answer on everything Guns N' Roses, I guess. But, but, uh, but, but yeah, but you're right. If they want to make money, that's fine. They're, they have plenty of stuff that they can release to make money. Like, and that's what Brasco was talking about earlier. Like, like we know you have certain things. So yeah. if you want to make money, I don't care if you want to make money. That's understandable. You know, but at, then make it. Yeah. At this point, when I you have consumers video. willing to pay, the smart thing to do is to yeah. put out product. Yep. And, and you could avoid a lot of the issues that Guns N' Roses has because Axel would get more money, Slash would get more money. Yeah. This would be minimal effort on their part, just basically signing off on shit. Right. And they'd get more money. And fans would be too busy to look for leaks and cause issues because guess what? They'd have new shit. But yep. the problem is we don't get new shit. So guess what you do? You make it's it so that people that are neurotic years. with they OC and this and that go searching for shit because... We have no other options. Absolutely. Can you, can you fucking believe it that they sat on this fucking diamond for 30 years, man? I mean, I know. What the fuck? I know. Now, Franz, you said amazing. you had one other question for uh, for our dear friend uh, Tim here. What What is that question, my friend? Uh, yeah, I think I wanted to say something, but I, I think I already mentioned it. I'm but you sure. know, but then think about here's some other shit that didn't make oh, any yeah. sense when they when they put the appetite box out. They really, they have appetite in what five point one Blu-ray whatever it's called like right yeah why yeah. didn't why didn't they put the user illusion albums on five point one Blu-ray like <laughs> probably because fuck? probably because they had didn't have the um, sources for it I, I guess maybe like that you has know? to be yeah, that has to be the reason because they took a very high source for the video you know but the the one thing I don't understand is why didn't they do this every track that was ever on user illusion and they played it live. They should have added to. Why hasn't Guns N' Roses in the last six or seven years gone on what? YouTube on their hold on gone on YouTube on their YouTube account and broadcasted a concert live, a whole concert live? Why haven't they gone on there and just going, "Hey guys, we can show you guys a few cameras and we can just let our fans get one show live on YouTube to see." But guess what? Yeah. They don't invest or care. That's why things happen. That's why when you get this because article coming out on the Rolling Stone, the there's management. reasons why people have to do the things they do. But the, the management decisions is also like, why you have to make use of YouTube, man. It's, it's, it's free promotion, you know, monetize that shit. And, you know, they don't understand how th this whole music world has changed. And now you make, have to make profit from being online, you know. They don't why understand. Do you, when you make as much I mean, everybody does it. Friends, they're making so much money, man. they don't care. That's what the fans yeah. and like I, I know it hurts to hear, but in all honesty, they're making so much money off this touring shit and releasing stuff and licensing. Releasing I mean, they made five million dollars to fucking license uh Sweet Child of Mine to Thor and man, their music and right. Thor. I mean, dude, they're making money hand over fist. So Axel and Fernando don't have to invest in trying to recreate music when they can just license their shit and make more money. But they can live off for this vault. They can live off for fucking million years, man. They don't have they, to do anything anymore. But, but, but they the don't one care. thing I hope, eh, the one thing I hope is that when, because I always thought uh, when Axel dies, you know, sad. But then the, the vault will open, same as it went with Prince or you know. And I really one day I hope that if Axel dies, then Team Brazil goes into the vault and thinks they can live off these videos for million years, and then they start to transfer these tapes, and they're all fucked up. I hope Axel trolls us all and lives like a fucking hundred years yeah. old and becomes exactly. like a really grumpy seven year old that just goes on there and just says ridiculous shit nonstop. <laughs> 
like he basically becomes the Ric Flair of rock music that he's just so fucking gone that he's just going to say stupid shit and not care. And that's what I really hope. I hope the fans get trolled enough that they think they're going to fuck. Oh, well, Axel's going to die one of these days. We're going to get the vault. I hope he outlives the fucking fan base. That would be the ultimate Axel troll. And I could see him doing it. Just being a bitter old man, like fucking, you know, uh, Howard Hughes, just never coming out, just randomly posting a tweet in a cunty manner. It'd be great. Bresley, you know, I wanted to ask you one more thing, um, a short thing. What would you do if you were a band member of Guns N' Roses and you know this epic footage from you in a whole different era and you played fucking great concerts? You wanted to, to have that stuff in your own home to show your own kids or your own family. <laughs> Be proud of that shit, right? No, I would do what Dizzy, I would do what Dizzy I mean, does. Just show up fucking... stoned for the last 30 years and nod at Axel. Whatever no, Axel seriously. says, just give him a nod. I would just pull the easy thing. Keep cashing that fucking paycheck and living the life. I'm a fucking scumbag. Yeah, but I'm you sorry, wanted to buddy. preserve your own career, right? Well, I think yeah, it's already preserved. It's already in the Hall of oh. Fame. They already have the number one like rock album of all no, time. But the videos, man. I mean, hey, no, but but you gotta imagine like okay, you know, it. like friends. I know you're talking about videos, but you know these guys. It's in their memories if they're not all completely drugged out. Like these yeah. guys remember being there. These guys, you know, but can have. I was the asking you. I was asking hey? you. If you were in this band and you knew about this footage, would you do everything to have it digitized before it would fuck up? Oh, as a per person who cares Show about my kids. fans, as a person who cares about my fans, I'd have everything digitized. I'd have I'd give out a lot of free shit, and then I would try to make profit on some of the things. But yeah, yeah for my fans, like if you notice that I give a shit about the fat cast, dude, we don't charge anything for this. We you know we put a lot of effort into it. And here's the thing. If I was in there, if I was in their shoes, friends, yes, I would try to get everything digitized. I think what they're doing is wrong, and I think everyone does. But and, I mean, I don't know what we can do about it. But that's the thing. Like we can talk in circles about it and keep going. It sucks, but the end no. result's going to be nothing's going to change. Like but, Fernando's not going to go, huh, Axel? I think we should really do this. And Axel's going to go, you know, after you know, not listening to you for the last ten years, huh, why not? <laughs> but it, but it seems that they don't want to invest a few million dollars in it or whatever it would cost. I mean, the crazy thing they pulled with this this uh, video from uh, the first concert they did, this uh, April uh, Fools concert. You know, they got into fight with this uh, uh, company that uh, did uh, the video for them. They didn't want to pay him or something. Like, and then really they had the weird. same thing with the Dodger Stadium bullshit. And, yeah, no. And then they hired. No, that was the thing. And then they they did a great job. And then this. Guns N' Roses hired another com company to film the LA shows or something, and they couldn't manage it. So then they called uh, to the other company that did the first one, and they told them to fuck off, you know? Friends, I mean, look at it this way. Right, Has Axel and Slash sat down and done an interview together in the last seven years? No. no. But okay. it's like so, that. So the fact that they haven't done that clearly shows this band is not ready to proceed in a lot of, or move forward in a lot of ways. And I think if we just keep hammering that, we're just going to, it's like kicking a dead horse. Yeah. Know? But I asked you personally, that's what, if you were a band member, would you take care of the shit? Of course I would. You know that. Yeah. But uh, guys, I think it's been a great show. It's been a real long one. Um, Tim, we're definitely going to invite you back. Uh, right maybe for non-GNR comments too. You know, I I'm think only you guest on the show just for us talking and bullshitting with our usual topics. So uh, we'll make sure to have you on again real soon. Uh, Gina or Lars, it's your time of the evening. All right. Uh, hey, Tim, before we go, if you want to mention your website one more time, uh, that'd be cool. Yeah, okay. It's uh, tricolitm.com. Yeah. Perfect. Um, I yeah. spent the better part of the last, uh, uh, last part of this episode uh, perusing it, and I got lost in it. It's pretty great. Check it out. Um, thanks, everyone. Right now, right? What's that? It's your starting page right now, right? 
Pretty much, man. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. <laughs> so thanks to France for being on. Thanks to Tim for being on. Uh, it was a great show tonight. Uh, remember, if you're uh, watching on YouTube, hit the like and subscribe button. Leave a comment, positive or negative. It all comes back to us. We appreciate it. We appreciate the interaction. And hit, uh, give us a five-star review on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We I really got one more thing to say here. Sure thing. Um, so I've, I, I've, I, I looked it up. I found it out. So for Spaghetti Incident, they also recorded the song. It's a Hanoi rock song called The Beer and the Cigarette. And the other song was Down on the Street. That's a Stooges song. So there you go. Those are the other two songs that they recorded. Dude, a fucking Hanoi rock song? Hello. I'm sorry, dude. I like Hanoi rocks. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Didn't, yep. didn't Velvet Revolver have a song called Beer and a Cigarette on the on their unreleased album? Um, I always forget. Lethal Injection. And what about the song Tooth Puller? You know, there was a song that was written on the tapes that were found in this. Uh, That's what I thought, right? Yeah. Yeah. So well, we got some investigations to do, and I think maybe yeah, we're going to look man. into this some more. We need yeah. to, man. All right. Well, but Tim, once again, on. you're an amazing guest. I mean, honestly, dude, you came on here with a shit ton of energy. You were you were just talking with us. It was great. So, uh, Tim, thanks, Lies. Thank, Thank you, everybody. You,